On the Pilot TV podcast this week, we're looking at the making of a murderer in the hunt for Realm Moat on ITV, discovering that not everyone is who they appear to be with Jennifer Garner in The Last Thing He Told Me on Apple TV+, and finding out just how irresistible Richard Armitage is, along with Charlie Murphy in Obsession on Netflix. Plus, we have both Jennifer Garner and Charlie Murphy on this very show a bit later on. I'm James Dyer and welcome to the Pilot TV Podcast, your essential guide to every show that matters and a podcast that can only apologise for the fact that, despite my promises to the contrary, we will not be able to review The Last Kingdom, colon, Seven Kings Must Die on this week's show as it is embargoed. In fact, it is so embargoed that it's even too embargoed for Pilot Plus on Thursday. Uh, so we won't be able to do it there as well. Kay, in particular, I can tell is devastated. I'm devastated because the thing I thought you were apologising that we couldn't review was the Pat Val cake. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. I actually <sighs> secretly sent a message um, to Netflix saying, is there any way you could make the um, the embargo on this um, <laughs> epic feature-length, feature-length film spin-off of this tortuous... Uh, uh, fantasy, historical fantasy, fantasy. It's, it's, glo- it's, it's historical fiction. It's uh, yeah. not fantasy. Thing yeah. could delay, could delay just yeah. to the day. And, and they that, did. Well, that way we can somehow avoid yeah. putting ourselves through at least ninety, yeah. if not longer, if minutes not longer. Mm. of that thing. Although, having said that, I do know a lot of very smart, clever, good people who have worked on that show. Funnily, weirdly, I've met like yeah, if you look into the writing credits, I think Sophie Petzl. She has. Yes. Yeah, there you go. For one, so I won't slag it off. But having said that. I haven't watched this since series one. I love it. I love it to bits. I'm very much looking forward to this Easter sitting down and watching that film. Obviously, we can't talk about it on this week's show, but I am. uh, I'm gonna. Mm. I'm gonna watch it. And I'll talk about it when I can. Something to look forward to. Something to look forward to. (laughs) To look forward to. Something to look forward to. Isn't that exciting? All right. Let's uh, let's find out what you've been watching on this week's show. Boy, let's start with you. What have you been watching? Well, we um, we had when we had a very busy week. I think the week before last, maybe when Mm. Kay was away, and we had um, loads of big shows to to review. We didn't have a lot of time to do. There was like six four, wasn't it, on ITVX and Blue Lights on BBC. That's right. Which we both watched the first. Episode, we I did. Think. Yes, um, I, I watched loads more of Six Four because I hosted one, the the um, the live launch of it. But um, I watched more of Blue Lights mm. this week, and I I liked it. I think we both said it was really good for based on that first episode. But I'm now watching more and more of it, and it is officially exceptional. Oh, it's really? Gone from being Wait. very very good to being exceptional. What has elevated it? Do you know what? I think it's got a really gripping undercurrent of a story it does that thing that you you, you particular demand of all TV dramas these days where it's, it's a serial story an ongoing story yes. whilst also having kind of cases of the week sure. uh, to some mm. extent or at least incidents of the week more. I like that yeah but it has got a really gripping underlying so where you feel there's some kind of conspiracy going on involving um, the sneaky deekies yeah the sneaky deekies <laughs> the undercover cops and that and the guy who's kind of telling the main superintendent yeah. what to do in a slightly officious, slightly creepy way. Or within this, you feel there's this woman who's in the middle of it probably being in, uh, abused and she's mm. kind of having mental health issues. And just it's just really interesting. And the fact that um, the main character used to be a social worker, the main character played by the brilliant Sean Brooke out of Sherlock, I thought at first that was just a minor detail, but actually it becomes more and more important because the way she tries to deal with victims of crime etc mm. and, and the people she's and even perpetrators actually as well in a very in in a very kind of um a, a affirming careful 
way, caring way. And that obviously rubs up against the methods of the police. So, And it's just completely no holds barred in its depiction of what it, life must be like on a daily basis in this part of Northern Ireland. And it, yeah, I, I said it was. I said it was kind of pretty brave. I felt to do that anyway, because you can easily come out for a lot of flack from people saying, you know, Northern Ireland's changed and it has. But there's still places, no go areas. This this show is mm. saying, which are terrifying, and they just go and you know go and deal with a, a situation somewhere, and they get pelted with like bottles and you know by the local kids. It's terrible, and it and the way it's made is really clever, and ge- you genuinely feel you're plunged right in the middle of this world. Um, it is a lot like the Responder tonally. I think the Martin Freeman thing, which is there's no higher compliment for me because that was one of the best things of that of last year. Slightly less stylized than the responder, and therefore slightly more. I don't know. It feels slightly more down to earth. Anyway, I love the kind of poetic element of the, that the responder's got. This is doesn't doesn't go for that. But having said that, the end of episode two is brilliantly shot. A little final final scene in that in that in that episode, which kind of summed up how carefully and well made the show is. So I think it's brilliant. Declan Lawn and Adam Patterson created it, and they've done a fantastic job. And I'm sure I think it's already been recommissioned. I think I, I read somewhere, but I, I think it could be like a regular ongoing line of duty esque in its way. It's a very mm. different show, but an ongoing show that could carry on for years. Really, I think it's that good. Good, yeah, and okay, the other I th- will get back to that. Yeah, get back, check it out. It's all on the iPlayer, um, as is BBC's won't. And the other thing I watched last night on the BBC Three is a one-off documentary called "A Very British Cult," and this is a. Fa- it's not only is it a one-off documentary, which you can watch on iPlayer now. It's a ten-part or I mean eight to ten or ten-part um, podcast. On BBC okay. Sounds, um, and just you, you, if you Google it, you see loads of interesting articles about it. It's an expose of a terrifying, in quotes, self-help and um, guru training um, company called the, the Lighthouse Lighthouse Global. It was I think it was Lighthouse International. It's now Lighthouse Global, and I mean, it's it's it's. I won't spoil what happens in the end, but. It's still going if you check out if you check out their website, and this thing is like it's all about you know the, 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 this company founded by a guy who I'm not going to name, but is an absolutely horrific figure in my opinion, who you see in this documentary, um, and basically this kind of um, company that was ostensibly designed to for, for people to help themselves to get um, tutored, get life coached. That was a big thing, you know, life coaching. And I've always found the whole idea of life coaching extremely unconvincing. By the way, anyway. <laughs> And then you, do surprise me. you meet specific people who've been through the experience of um, part of this uh, this organisation, and they have come to the solid conclusion it's a cult, basically. Mm. It's a quasi-religious, and in the end, funnily enough, even more explicitly religious cult. And obviously the people still involved with it deny it, and the main guy, who I'm not going to name because he's terrifying, um, <laughs> is, is denies it's a cult, and, and he's kind of lashed out back at the BBC and the reporter and etc and like he's i mean you'll see in the in the show but it's a really gripping very very well made absolutely terrifying uh, documentary and then i started listening to the podcast because the po- this is an hour long thing and the podcast is like 8 or 10 half hours it really goes into the nitty gritty and the detail of the people who have, who, who have renounced it and have come out of it on the other side thankfully for them one guy's give, gave them like you know 130,000 pounds of his money 
Yeah, oh, but it's 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 absolutely extraordinary. What's the pod called again? It's called uh, a very British culture. The, both the pod and the show, right. the documentary called a very British. Cult. I'm going to listen to that. Yeah. Well, well, you mentioned BBC Sounds there, so I feel like this is a natural way for I should plug Terry White's yes. oh, good point. new BBC Sounds absolutely. podcast, which is Finding Britain's Ghost Children, which is all about how, why so many children are missing from British classrooms, uh, and it ties back to her own story. If you've read her memoir, you know about her childhood abuse. But in this, she's reunited with her school teacher. Who uh, who was her teacher after she'd been abused? Who was aware of all that? So it goes. It's some, I mean, look, it's Terry. It's not a fucking feel good show. I mean, it's it takes you to some pretty dark places, mm. but it's quite have you profound. Listened to it? I've listened to some of it. Yeah, I haven't I got through it yet. Because it's, you can it's brutal. It. Yeah, it's yeah. brutal. It's not a happy, happy James time. No. Uh, but it's Terry, and it's fantastic. So if you if you want to know more about that, uh, finding Britain's ghost children available on podcast platforms and now. While we're on that such grimness, shout out to Liam from the Spotlight Pod, who was uh, who reminded me today that he was the one who said to me, have you watched the documentary series about Bill Cosby? Do you remember ah, I yes. But it was him who very, very um, thankfully alerted me to that. Okay. And I finished my public notices. Okay. <laughs> what have you been watching this week? So, talking of documentaries, yes. I've been watching Lewis Capaldi, How I'm Feeling Now, which, as you all know, is a Netflix documentary about James... A singer called Lewis Capaldi. Right. And this is this is Lewis Capaldi, not Peter Capaldi. No. No. Well, not a close no, they relative. They are related. They are related. Okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's following, basically, it follows him after his monster hit album and he's trying to um, create a new album, go on tour, and it's about the pressures of doing that. And it's, it's really... I think it's so well done because usually when you see these documentaries, oh, a lot of actually singers are doing this now because what's the chop? Selena Gomez had one as well. But you just see how what's it really... chops? <laughs> She's known. That's how our fans know where <laughs> Selena Gomez. But yeah, it just explores how it's really affecting his mental health because he's got anxiety anyway and he's got... He's diagnosed during the process with Tourette's. He's always had a little bit of a tick, but his tick, his physical tick, which is like, you know, movements of his shoulders, it gets significantly worse as he's trying to do the second album. And it's so, in parts, it's almost unwatchable because he's in so much pain with it that he has to just stop everything. He has to stop performing and stuff. So, yeah, it's it's fascinating. If you um, have any interest in Lewis Capaldi, which before this documentary, I didn't think I did, and then I got really into it. So I would recommend... Other than that, I have been watching Well Mania. Now, this completely went under the radar, or my radar at least. It stars Celeste Barber, who I'm guessing you guys won't know, is a uh, comedy actress who has approx 9 million followers on Instagram. And she's known for lampooning. She often recreates the um, thirst trap shots of sexy celebs, you know, like really like beautiful. Like Agent Sexy Pants from The Night Agent. Sure, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, your favourite. <laughs> I know, I just got that. You know, delight. like people like the models, Emily Ratic, I can't Kowski, say her name. Yes. yes. Um, they, you know, when they do their like sexy poses and she recreates it and she doesn't look like that and, you know, she great comedy effects. Right. Anyway, she's in this new comedy and she plays a woman called Liv who's 39, she's a food journalist. She returns to Australia for her best friend's 40th birthday and plans to go straight back to New York where... Uh, opportunity of a lifetime is waiting for her only her green card she loses her green card and she can't get a new one until she gets healthy it's funnier than it sounds I watched the first episode I was like mm, do I like this and then instantly I binged all eight so I would recommend if you're in the mood for a comedy check out Wellmania okay. well, sorry Wellmania yeah W-E-L-L-M-A-N-I-A yeah 
Well, W E L L. Yeah. Yeah. Just checking. Can we make sure we spell out all the TV shows? <laughs> This episode, I think it really I adds say, something to I the podcast. Will Mania. No, well, or? sorry, Will yeah. Mania, because it's about her wellness right. journey to getting her of green course. card. Of course. And finally, James. Now, oh. I've got something to tell you. It's about a reality show. Oh, I will talk very quickly. Right. But I do want to flag it because I think people will be interested. Some will people. They okay. The one person who watches reality will be interested in this. Who's listening? It's called Scared of the Dark. How do you spell that? <laughs> very good. <laughs> I was like. S-C? No. Uh, S-H-I-T. No. Uh, Scared of the Dark, right. It stars... Um, so Danny Dyer is the host and it features eight celebrities who basically go and Danny live... Danny Dyer in... is a famous actor. Yes. Uh, no relation. <laughs> no. <laughs> he goes God, to live... In... two more different Dyers. Carry on. Sorry. The celebs go to live in the dark for eight days in pitch black in a 140,000 square foot hangar and it's insane but very fascinating and entertaining. And so the comedian... Uh, the people includes... Gaza, legend. Who com- we'll be mentioning later on, but yes, carry on. Yes, I know, I know. Uh, comedian Chris McCausland, who is blind and for once, as he says, feels like he's got he's at an advantage and it's an even playing field for him. But also the uber twat Chris Eubank, who is a nightmare, a complete nightmare for them to live to. I think they have got to be more scared of living with him and that he might drive them absolutely insane in the actual dark. But I'm, the only reason why I'm mentioning this is because... It feels like a fresh format and it felt, when I was watching it, I got really into it and it felt a bit like when Big Brother first started and it felt like you're watching something new and original and it was entertaining but it was also a bit of an experiment and yeah, I just think everyone's going to be talking about it. It's only on for five nights, stripped across the week. I think Channel 4, Boyd? Uh, correct. But I just wanted to flag it just very quickly. Consider it flagged. <laughs> As I always like to say whenever Chris Eubank comes up, you know I once hosted a press launch with Chris Eubank in right. in um, in the West End in a venue where they erected a boxing <laughs> ring and I had to interview him in the middle of the boxing Were ring. Were you boxing him? Were you actually boxing? Uh, he kind of pretended to box me a little bit at the beginning and then, mm. yeah. And, and he cause, drew up, he famously had, he used to drive a lorry, like the front section of a lorry, right? A gigantic HGV heavy goods vehicle and he parked it literally outside this place. I think it was in Piccadilly um, for this ludicrous press launch. Yeah. He's got these affectations, like he walks into this place with a giant unlit cigar. Yeah, I mean, yeah. small penis syndrome, right? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, didn't he used to, I remember when he was when he was a bit of a boxing uh, name, he used to do that thing on Sky where they played the, the song Swamp Thing. Remember that with the banjo? And he came out with like a tweed three-piece suit mm. and a monocle. Yeah, like that oh, yeah. Was his thing. And a cane. Yeah, a little cane, yeah. Anyway, don't let him put you off, but yeah, if you're interested, scared of the dark. Okay, I don't have much to contribute this week. I what? have finished watching the series that I can't talk about, which is fabulous. Uh, what? Which oh, is yeah. one of my favourite shows of the year so far. It should be no surprise to anyone. It's Apple TV Plus, it's one Hang word. on, hang on, you're not... <laughs> This, I'm fairly certain you're not allowed to say that. Well, I haven't said the name. That's true. That's well, it true. It could be anything. Yeah, it could be anything. It could, could be any could, what single yeah. named Apple TV Plus could, show yeah. and that is named literally at James. And I was about to say, and it almost certainly begins with S because that's 90% yes. of the shows on yes. there. So a one word Apple TV show <laughs> beginning with S, yeah. which I've been enjoying enormously. That doesn't really narrow it down, does it? So, no. uh, yes, does it I involve fairies? It. No, it does not involve fairies at all. There are no fairies. Mm. Sci fi? It's great. I can neither say. 
Either way. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. But yes, so I, I have been watching that. I've also been watching more episodes of Yellow Jackets, which I should point out, we will be discussing in greater depth on Pilot Plus on Thursday. In fact, in fact, this Thursday, we will be talking through not only the third episode of this season of Yellow Jackets, and if you've seen the second episode already, uh, bloody hell, uh, but we will also be talking about the third episode of the final season of Succession. Now, this Thursday's Pilot Plus is going to be a big one because Boyd has decreed that this is arguably the best episode of Succession so far. So not only yes. are we going to dive into this in great spoilery depth, but I'm also going to watch it. Uh, it's very exciting. Yeah. I, I get loads of people on an almost daily basis saying you've got to make sure that James watches Succession. Well, so I'm going a, to. Yeah, yeah. I have, I have bowed to, to, you know... Public pressure. Public and also pressure. we might have some access, right? Yeah, hopefully I'll be talking. Yeah, we'll be talking to um, the director of the episode. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have the director of the episode on. We'll be chatting about it, and we'll have some Yellow Jackets action. It's going to be great. If you do not already, succession tastic, succession tastic, sex session, if you will. Uh, I can't promise that. No, Uh, but (laughs) if you would like to sign up to Pilot Plus, please do so. slash pilot TV for just one pounds ninety nine a month, Uh, an amount of money which will not even buy you a slice of Pat Valkay. Now, uh, I haven't finished with that. By the way, I'm coming back to it in the news section. Uh, I think let's have this week's guest. Should we have this week's guest? Let's have this week's guest. Uh, This week's first guest, for we have two on this week's show, but this week's first guest, you will know... Uh, it's Charlie Murphy and you will know her as Jessie Eden from Peaky Blinders and Anne Gallagher of course from the wonderful Happy Valley and she plays Anna Barton in this week's Obsession on Netflix who is a woman who begins an affair with her boyfriend's father which I'm saying is fairly bad form Uh, Boydie Boydie spoke to Charlie the other day and this is what happened Hi Charlie Uh, welcome to the Pilot TV podcast how's it going? Good good thanks So Obsession is a fascinating project I think I've seen the film, which, you know, was, came out a long time ago and was very much, I think, told from the male protagonist's point of view, the Jeremy Irons character's point of view. This feels very different. Was that key to you wanting to do it, that this was a completely different way of looking at the story? That was the absolute hook for me. I think Morgan has has really rounded out a lot of the characters. And I think it gives a very even perspective now, not more, you know, not not leaning on the female, but both both in tandem is is just kind of perfect for me. Yes, this is Morgan, Morgan um, Lloyd McMalcolm wrote the script, and there are a lot. There are also a lot of women involved in terms of uh, the crew, the directing, the, the intimacy coordinator. Was that important to you as well? Definitely, Lisa Barris uh, Desa and um, her husband Glenn Labour, and they they directed, but she. Uh, Lisa mainly took the emotional arc of every scene. So she was more communicative on the day and, um, you know, in prep for it and in rehearsals and stuff. So she was very much the go-to person um, when it came to what the character is going through and what we're trying to achieve and and how we're going to ratchet up a sense of dread and a sense of, and so you know, a sense of dread, a sense of... Um, exhilaration, all of these things that are kind of crashing against each other, hopefully that the audience will experience. That's that she played such a key part in that. And we have um, Adelaide Waldrop, our intimacy coordinator. He's just this incredible woman who really took us through our paces in, in preparation for it as well. Yeah, I can't imagine how this could have been made without an intimacy coordinator these days, because it's so, the, the, the scenes of intimacy are so key to the series, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They are. They are, you know, 
there are what, what both characters Anna Barton and and um William Farrow you know that is they're they're making and undoing is, is right in those those scenes there and um I, I kind of liken Anna to this kind of seasoned drug user and William who's just had his first hit and then just to watch that all unfold really throughout the the series that's where she really played a key part in really understanding the meeting psychology with every every intimate movement and and change and having some sort of you know uh, feeling of uh, that there is a dynamic growth with them you know mm. and it feels very equal opportunities um the the intimacy and the the i mean the nudity let's face it um you know uh, richard almitage bravely i feel um you know is full is there fully on display and i feel that's important isn't it that both it's it feels like the two of you are kind of completely uh completely exposed in a way yes i think so um i remember lisa saying when when i first met for the part she she said they're, they're just holding each other's hand and they're daring each other to take the next step to take the next step and that was just such a brilliant little reminder to keep going back to that that they're standing side by side doing these things um in 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 that respect but then there's this fun dynamic between them where Anna is this you know dominant submissive and she is creating this secret world and she's kind of the architect of, of all these rules and and very considered um paces that they put themselves through but then she gives William the the reins to to lead it you know but in a very kind of safe and you know fun dynamic or yeah. fun environment yeah was it I was going to ask that was it fun to film those scenes in because they're quite they are very you know stylized and interesting and well shot but is it was there room to have fun with it as well definitely room to have fun yeah yeah uh, we myself and Richard got on really well so yeah we it was kind of really just we match each other's personalities, I think, very well. So offset in between scenes, it was all very much, you know, it was fine. It kept kept it quite light. Yeah, fair enough. And um, I mean, it's, it, as you as you said, it's, there's a kind of BDSM element to the whole. In fact, it is that's that's a kind of key to the whole relationship. Did you know much about that world? Did you read up on it? Did you kind of find out more about that whole situation, or did you just kind of use the script? Yes, as it, as yeah, Anna, or, um, Adelaide, Adelaide, really brought a lot of research to us and we we tried a lots of things and we experimented with the lots of ideas as what and we and that and you know we and we ended up landing on it's more what they what's hinted at at times really um have you have you what have you watched it all Boyd? yes i've seen the whole thing yeah yeah it's fascinating absolutely so so yeah so there's there's stuff hinted at and there's stuff that's played out and and that's yeah, I, th- I think we hit like a nice note. Yeah, them. yeah, it's interesting because it's definitely it's it's so different from the film that I think um, if it was much more, I don't know. At the same time, it is very um, kind of daring and bold, but it's not kind of over the top. I mean, it's not camp in a way, which I think a lot of erotic thrillers you expect them to be in a way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's very very emotionally driven. Like right. what happens in what happens in that flat, the smart flat, we call it. You know, that is that is such a, a strange and, you know, um, brilliant place to be. And it's like the eye of the storm. But but outside of that, that you, you, you know, I hate watching things on TV or film where you, you see a character leave the room and you're like, they don't exist anymore. 
they just don't exist. They're just, it just, it is two dimensional or you just don't believe it. And I believed everything in those scripts that, that they have these whole worlds outside that, that they are going through their own stuff and very different demographics almost in, in what they're doing and, 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 you know, where they're at in their life. And I, I love that. I love that about it. Like there is, there's so much beyond that flat as well. And, and also, and as, and as the series uh, progresses, it spills, it started to spill out and start to kind of foam out through the seams. And you're like, oh God, what's going to happen? Because this is, you know, it's a delicate ecosystem that she has set up and she could continue like this forever. And morally, she thinks that's absolutely okay. If no one, if no one she loves knows the other part, then, then, then that's fine. That's fine. She's a, she's like king, queen at compartmentalizing. Yeah, I was going to say, because you have to sell the idea that this, that Anna would have an affair with her partner's husband, father, and you kind of, you do it so kind of, you, you just completely accept it, basically, as the viewer. You kind of go, yeah, yeah, that's, that could happen. <laughs> oh, good. Thank God. We've got one believer. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm on board. I'm on board. Did you, <laughs> obviously, usually in these situations when it's a, you know, a new version of a story that we've seen before, both in the book and the film, Actors, actors. I always ask this question. They always say, "No, I didn't go back and look." But did you go back and look at the film or read the book? I read the book. Ah, okay. Yes, I went back to the book, um, and that was great. That was great to pull from her childhood, and and like, what a gift for an actor to have all of that material that you can kind of pluck from. And I watched the film years ago, but I haven't gone back to the film. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to watch it there, though. I think I'll watch it at some point. Yeah, I, my memory of the film, I remember going, seeing it, is that Jeremy Irons barely takes his clothes off doing the whole thing. That's my, my memory of it. I like Richard in your version. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a warmer set. Yeah, it right. <laughs> right, yes. Did you have any qualms at all about taking on, even with intimacy coordination and getting on very well with Richard and it being very professional, I'm sure, did you have any qualms about be, uh, taking such an exposing role? No, no, I didn't. I, I like I've done nudity on stage. I've done nudity on on shows before. I think the main thing for me, I'm not a brave person, I don't think. But I think any hook for me is the context and every single context it, I could make that work if, as an actor. I think right. I could. You know, that was that was fine from a personal point of view. I, you know, stepping onto that set, you know, having done homework and you armor yourself and to pardon the pun of being nude, um, with so many other things. Um, and I felt like I didn't really feel exposed. Mm, mm, interesting. Because, yeah. because we had done so much work with Adelaide and um yeah, and and because there is a real drive and a need for her to have to have those moments. Um and it comes from a place of um needing to feel cathartic and um feel powerful and feel like a release you know a release of uh, relinquishing her her um her reins to someone else you know her um autonomy giving it over but in a safe environment and i thought that that's kind of a brilliant a brilliant kind of thing to explore yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, and what's it like watching it back? What's it like watching yourself in this in this show? I don't usually watch my own stuff anymore. I did when I was younger, and then 
then I kind of just got shy to it and I stopped. But I decided to watch this because I don't know because I I'm I, I was just trying to take a different tax for me personally. Go okay. Mm start looking at your stuff and, and maybe you can learn something for you. Maybe you can just get over yourself and enjoy it, you know? And yeah, so I did. Um, it was strange watching it, but I feel very, very proud of it. I, I, there are so many things, so many people's jobs take place after me and that they come into their own and they, I walk away from set and that's me done. Everything's in the can. And then so many other people have work to do. And, and I wanted to kind of honor that. So I watched it and I'm, I'm really, really proud of how it's turned out. And without giving anything away, what's it like watching, say, Indira Varma's character who plays obviously uh, Richard's wife in it? She has mm-hmm. to endure a lot. <laughs> I know. And what a journey. She, she, she goes on. An incredible journey, an incredible, this this vivacious and vibrant and really knowing woman and and just so strong and beautiful. And then just, just the cracks and the absolute, almost emotionally physical car crash that she goes through is heartbreaking to watch because she's just so, she's so endearing on camera. Yeah, it's so powerful. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. And then um, Jen as well. Oh my god! Yeah, like, yeah. just perfect casting. It's like people are gonna hate me when I met him. I was <laughs> That's like, right. Yeah, hate me when they see what we do to you. <laughs> but then we meet your mother, though, played by Marion Bailey, and we Marion uh, Bailey. Oh my yeah. god, she yeah. just dream, and she was so much fun, and and just again, perfect, perfect for for Anna's mother. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned, um, you know. Being, wanting to do characters that exist outside of when we see them when they walk off screen. I think you you have you've chosen an incredible array of great TV. I mean, I must ask you about Happy Valley to be part of that yeah. show. I mean, that must go down, you know, after the last series as one of the all-time great TV dramas, I think. What was it like being a part of that? That was such a special job. And I knew it. I knew it when I got the scripts. I read them and like how many years ago was that? I was away. I read them all on a crappy phone. It wasn't an iPhone. I read them all while I was between scenes doing something else. Um, and I just really, really wanted it and auditioned for it, got it. And I just knew when you read those scripts, if you ever get a chance to actually get hold of anything that Sally Wainwright writes, reading how what she puts down on the page, the dialogue alone is phenomenal. But the attention to detail in her stage direction in what she thinks they're probably going through, they're all just like, it's its like watching, um, you know, the director's commentary on a on a DVD or something. It's incredible. So, so that was an absolute joy. And to work with Sarah and Shiv, oh my God, like women that I... I just want to be. <laughs> yeah, so. I'm sure. And you have and, some fantastic and, scenes in, in, you know, all the way through. It must be amazing. Yeah, yeah. I've had, I've had. Um, well, yeah, and got another Anne, Anna, Anne. Um, yeah, she's 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 been on a journey for sure. And also, um, uh, Peaky Blinders, another kind of classic show uh, to be part of. That you know, for me, like that is just seeing you in the, in the middle of this kind of epic um creation is just fantastic as well that must have been fun to work on that was so much fun and so daunting because i came on on series four and this like beast of a show that's so sexy and fun and it's just so 
big and brilliant. And and again, Steve Knight's writing is just incredible. I was so lucky with what he wrote for me in that. And just that that character alone. And to play, to play someone that existed, you know, that that was that was just brilliant. I, I've done that twice now and and it's just a joy to again like when I was saying about um being able to draw from the book just been able to google stuff and find books and find people that have studied these you know that have written incredible books about these people um so Jesse Eden and then then Anne Bronte yeah which yeah. just and that was with Sally as well yeah um, Sally must love you clearly <laughs> I think I just bother her too much I'm always around <laughs> Have you got any future Sally Wainwright uh, productions that you're involved oh, in? Tell us about. Oh, right? I hope so. Okay. I don't know, but I hope so. I'd love to yeah. work with him. Yeah. And finally, is it true that um, that Richard Armitage gave you, somehow bought the chandelier from that incredible room and gave it to you? How did that happen? He did. He did. Well, we spent so much time there. We were just sitting around on that couch, just chatting, just kept looking up at that, that beautiful um, – yeah. And a merino, or is it merino glass? That is just stunning. Um, and yeah, he he surprised me. That's fantastic. What have you done with it? Where, where is it? <laughs> We're moving house at the moment, so okay. it, I haven't even taken it out of its packaging. Because when I get into the new house, I'll I'll, I'll put it up. And I, God, I'm going to get someone to do it because I don't want to be like you know um, Del Boy and Rodney and just drop, <laughs> drop it on the ground. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. No, don't I'll do try that. not to. Yeah. I'll put a mattress underneath. Cut. Yeah, good plan. Thanks, Charlie. That's brilliant. Thank you. Thank you so much. Right, that was Boydie and Charlie Murphy. Shall we get on to this week's listener question, which isn't really a question. It's oh, not good. really a question. Does that, mean, does that mean we don't really have to answer it? Basically. So okay. what I wanted to do, what I wanted to do, and I alluded to this on Pilot Plus last week, I want to read out, so you recall last week I read out a negative review from an American who oh, yeah. really couldn't oh, understand what, yes. in particular, Boyd was saying most of the time. <laughs> so, you know, because his accent is quite impenetrable. So, yeah. so what I wanted to do is we had a few riposts to that that I wanted to read out. But I should also mention we've had 25 reviews yes. since last week's pod. Come on. And actually, I'm feeling pretty good. Now that we've had the cake, which we had on last we, week's no. episode, I brought in the cake. James. We've had the cake. The cake is done. No. Stop. No. It was it fruity. Was it was a spongy. Muffin. <laughs> yeah, go you go, Boyd, and then I'm going to take over. Go on. Oh, it yeah. was a muffin. Mm. It was all a muffin. Need to say, it's just four words. It was a muffin. It was not a muffin is not a cake. Can I point out the flaw with your overall plan though? Go on. Pat Val only exists in fucking Scotland. <laughs> like, this is, is absolutely true. true. Okay. There are only branches okay, in well, fucking Scotland. Well, and I looked news, this up. Break, I looked this up. Fine, go on. This, you go, oh, this one on Old Compton Street. There fucking is. It's closed. Right, okay. Oh, okay. You know, they were hit by the pandemic. Yes. R.I.P. Pat Val. Okay. You can get yeah. them. So, so Scotland or certain... <laughs> key branches of Sainsbury's carry Pat Val stock. Right, so first oh. of all, if you gave a shit, you'd go to Scotland. <laughs> or right? Sainsbury's, a big Sainsbury's. No, I wouldn't go to Scotland. Sainsbury's I wouldn't him one-way ticket, Scotland. That's it. Take no, a train okay. up to Edinburgh and come back with a fruity, breaking, spongy, creamy Breaking cake. news, breaking yeah. news. I have decided officially that you can go to Paul, which is a, there's a chain, which there's one, in fact, right near our office. This was not the deal. Yes, near Euston. <laughs> you can go to Paul and Paul have some lovely cakes, including, I think, a new kind of like raspberry mousse cake affair. Can I ask any delicious. Paul for a cake? Because I feel there's a loophole. Paul. Uh, any Paul? No, <laughs> so no, 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 this is not one of your ludicrous. Say, can I have a no. cake? <laughs> can you? Can I give you a Jaffa cake from a bloke called Paul? It's not <laughs> going to work. <laughs> no, jokes aside, James, yeah. you've got to pull your finger out because really? now you're letting down the listeners who have in their droves 
some people have actually down. <laughs> one of the reviews said, "I've actually downloaded this crappy app just to leave a review so you can get cake." And so many people have labelled it cake, get cake, get please cake, get cake, cakey cake, cake. Yeah, cake, cake, and cake, you cake, are cake, now cake. get cake, eat cake, fly. Yeah, you're letting right. them down. You're letting us down. I'm gonna I'm gonna read you some of these reviews. Okay. I'm gonna read you some of these reviews. You ready for them? Okay, here we go. Let me find them. I'm just I'm, I'm triaging triage, your reviews. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Away. Okay, triage. okay. Takes as long as it does in the NHS. <laughs> I made that joke. No, before. this is a good one. This comes from Greenica, and it says the cake is a lie, and it's mm-hmm. this was a triumph. I'm making a note here. Huge success. Hard to overstate my satisfaction. Aperture science. We do what we must because we can. Is this a poem? <laughs> what? You're reading it like a poem. I'm reading it like a poem. Reading it weirdly, or it's written weirdly. He's standing with the posture of the bard. <laughs> yeah. Of course you did answer. So so when you were discussing cake uh, a while back, I mentioned, I whispered into the mic, the cake is a lie. And that is a reference to a video game called Portal. And oh, there's a music, gosh. there's a song that plays uh, at the end. And that is the song, essentially. Those are the lyrics of the song that plays at the end. And I just wanted to let Greenacre know I got the joke. Oh, so I am in on I the didn't. joke. I thought it was an actual poem you constructed for us. No. <laughs> Luribo 77 with the title of Frozen Cake. Think you should make it a cheesecake, James, but please defrost it first. Fuck you, yes, Luribo no. 77. <laughs> Quickly, has anyone else commented on the fact that you were eating frozen food? <laughs> no. Uh, maybe. Possibly. Perhaps. Uh, right. What else have we got? What else have we got? Uh, excellent pod. This comes from Bonnerimar. Oh, Never what? bothered to leave a pod review before, but thanks to a certain American person slash troll, as mentioned in the pod, mm. I felt a pressing need to do so. English is not my first language. And yet I have no difficulty in understanding their alleged thick accents, in quotes. <laughs> These guys are the highlight of my week with their honest, witty banter and well-informed points of view. Can't get enough of mentions of shows such as The Expanse. Good man. Uh, the Pilot TV pod is bold lavish and simply extraordinary <laughs> I think that was aimed at you Boydie yeah yeah okay that was a good one right right I've got a couple more actually I've got quite a few more but I'm going to generally read a couple more uh, right someone here says this comes from uh, Felician Bota with the title Cake or Death yes. James please let them eat cake yes they say let them eat from cake from Paul thank you uh, let them ke- eat a cake from someone called Paul uh, which apparently is what I need to do okay right I'm going to find the next one Top notch. A great listen. Easily the best TV-related podcast. Oh. Excellent podcast. I've been listening since the start when I initially didn't like the loud northern lady. <laughs> Brackets. Although it later wow. transpired that she wasn't Norman, but sort of from the middle bit. <laughs> I now read her newspaper column and subscribe to her mailing list. I really miss Terry's input, but luckily they've got Kay, who holds her own and competes the dynamic trio. I look forward to the episodes dropping on my app on Mondays and Thursdays. I am, of course, a loyal subscriber. My only criticism is that it needs more sci-fi and fantasy-related no. talk. Yes. Oh my god. Oh, that's, thank you to uh, Kay, Paul, and James. Why you've yes, this that's one. why you've chosen that one. You can't be allowed to. No, this thank is. You, David I mean, Smith. All, no. I just, all I'd say is we do review every single new science fiction fantasy. <laughs> no, you can't be allowed there, to triage so. the reviews we anymore. Oh well, the next review I like even more. This one comes from Clark Steve, and it just and the the heading is bish bash bosh, and the review is simply bosh 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 bosh. And there are actually some more boshes at the end. And then he says, "I once listened to an episode where the word bosh was said fifty-two times." Oh wow! Now buy them some cake, good cake, fancy cake, classy cake with fruity cream in it. Yes. I mean, salute to count the number of. That's a lot. There's a lot of boshes. That's a a lot of Bosch. A lot it's of a Bosch great action. Show. Yeah, mm. it is a great show. 
Have you finished? Because I want to tell you something exciting. Wow, have you finished? That's uh, are you clearly up? in the middle. I, are you yeah, wrapping I'm, I'm up wrapping the review? Live, live editing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Nice try, Kay. You it's don't know li- what you're up no, against here. I do. It's a live rap because he's just choosing ones that mention sci-fi and the shows he likes. So I just wanted to tell you something if you had finished. But well, no, I, have, I have two more. Go on then. I have two, can I read the two more? Yes, sure, is that okay, okay with you? Wait, let me think. Yeah, it's fine. fine. Go on. Okay. This one comes from Foreign Blade. Uh, and it says, an amazing TV podcast, accents, bellendery and all. I've been a US Empire and Pilot TV listener for a long time and nothing motivated me to write a review until I heard the review slash whining about the accents. <laughs> the individual in question said they were a listener from the very beginning, which seems unlikely given that in the beginning there was Terry, God's lover, whose accent was far more obscure and thick, brackets, the fuck, uh, than anyone <laughs> since. James is my spirit animal and his love slash oh. obsession for sci-fi uh, fans this, speaks yeah. to my soul. Look yeah. at this uh, ego, mate. Like this ego trip. This yeah, look, little, it's sick. Uh, segment this up. is sick. Yeah. He's just choosing ones sick. that mention him. Yeah, sick. sick. And okay. <laughs> and the last one I'm going to read out, and I read this out on 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 pilot. Uh, plus on. on Pilot Plus last week but this was from, I mean, from the Pilot Plus I was get a double yeah this from Holly and she says love James. it five stars love the pod and I work for ITV oh, so yeah. that's saying something yeah we love Holly <laughs> thank you Holly we Holly love you too uh, and then of course there is another one here which literally just says for the title cake 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 and for the body just says cake cake cakey cake 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 what are they trying to get out? It's, it's hard to say. <laughs> I, I, think, I, think I think they're trying to make a point. I you, can't James. quite work out what it yeah. is. So just realise that they're all the people you're letting down. Right. By mm. not buying us cake. That's the, that's the thing that you wanted to interrupt rudely and tell me. Yeah. Okay, good. No, no, no. It was to tell you, because I'm excited about reviews news, because, you know, we've been pushing to get these reviews. I'm not going to lie, primarily just so I could get some cake and right. Boido. But also because now it's quite nice to know that people are, you know, actively listening and that this endurance test is worth it. But, yeah, um, yeah so... I've now found, because thanks to James, he's um, told me to log on to this thing which sort of amalgamates all the reviews. Oh, yes, yes. So we can see how many, you know, we've got each week and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, just monitor it. But also, guys, they've got the charts. So... Oh, Dan, that's a rabbit hole. You can get obsessed with the chart. No, listen, well, I already have. I just wanted to do a quick higher or lower with you, okay? You is this talk- going to be anything? So, 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 <laughs> is this going to be like if we get to so, number one in the UK TV and film charts, I have to buy you all like a McDonald's or something? Is that is that what this is? Ooh, fillet fish meal. What do you think, Boyd? Who has fillet of fish? Me and Boyd. Mm. Really? Yes. Yeah. You're a fillet of fish man. We go man. out. Of course. Date night at McDonald's. Oh, yeah. Good God in heaven. What? It's delicious. Go, no. My it's only James, issue. Literally, I've never seen. I've he looks Nooty Magooty, didn't he? No, no, no. Disgust. <laughs> yeah. Playing yeah. across. I'm James a two cheeseburger face. man. I'm just going to put that of out. Of course you are. No, have you ever had a fillet of fish? Yes. I mean, no, he hasn't yeah, looked. Of course he Maybe. Hasn't. But who goes to McDonald's for fillet fish? Two cheeseburgers, large there, fries. There's a whole cult of fillet fish. Yeah. When I was younger, to, a lot when of I went to university in 1986 oh in Brighton, <laughs> we used to go for fillet fish. You used to go for fillet fish. Every this Saturday. explains an awful lot. Is it a fillet of fish or a fillet of fish? A fillet of fish. Fillet of fish. And you have to think how extraordinary it is that such a badly branded piece of food is still going to this day. Boy, don't say a word against the fillet of fish. Who's eating the fillet of fish? Who's me and Boyd? We've just said it. Which is established. It's okay, delicious. Right. But, but the only bad thing is you can't supersize it. That's my only issue. You can't supersize a no, fillet of fish. They should do like a double decker, mm, but they don't. No one needs that much fish. I mean, I, I agree with that. No, I would. I would have Hang on, what, was, what you were going to Okay, right. Yeah, sorry. Right. So I just want to do a very quick higher or lower. So in the charts yes. across the world, Norway, are we higher or lower than we were last week? In Norway? Yeah. Are we bigger? Are we definitely bigger in Norway now? Yeah, we've gone we're up. up. We're up in Norway. We're, yep. we're at 106 in Norway. 106 positions up. Right. right. 106, okay. But what position are we, crucially? Crucially, we're at number 55. Number 55 right. in the Norway charts. Very good. Now, let me tell you about... Okay. <laughs> 
sorry, I got quite into this and I was oh, like, God. oh my God. Okay, Ghana. Where are we in Ghana? Oh, we've mm-hmm. gone down in Ghana. I feel we're less popular in Ghana. We are, and I think it's pos- possibly something you've said. It's almost certainly <laughs> so. It's going to be we've, cake related, isn't we've it? We've gone down 11 places and 243 we're oh, now. Oh, wow. They yeah. don't like us at all. Bad news, guys. And the last one, what do you think? Higher or lower? Fiji. Up in Fiji. I think we're up in Fiji. What do you think, Boydo? Yeah, up in Fiji. Guys, we're, we're down. down. The we're Fijians down. hate us as well. Yep, we're down by one. We're at 35. Wow. So, I mean, we've got more work to do here, okay. I'm not sure which segment was more riveting, that one or James <laughs> reading out compliments to himself. Um, that's a himself. game of higher and lower. Everyone yeah. loves that game. Did they? I didn't Did enjoy they? it. Look. Look, I'm yeah. going to say, I'm going to say, you were hoist by your own petard when you insisted that said cake come from Pat Val, <laughs> a chain that, and I can't emphasize this enough, went out of business during the pandemic. So, so clearly that wasn't going to happen. There are, of course, other sources of cake, as as yes. evidenced last week when I went cool. and got the muffin. But I did some research. <laughs> Not a cake. I did some research. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> apparently, this shop here, Cutter oh and God. Squidge sells cakes. Wait. So I, wait, I may or may not have some cakes. Oh my God, he's got oh cake. I may God. or may not have cake here wow. from the cutter oh and the squidge. Oh my squid. God. Cutter let me talk, and squidge. Let me talk you through this. Let me talk you through this. This here. Let me, let me, oh, hang on. This, he uh, this is the chocolate salted caramel gâteau. Wow. There we go. There we go. That's one here. Uh, we also have oh. a, oh, sorry. It's a slice of cake. It's well, not a whole it's cake because otherwise a lot of cake, of cake would get wasted. Yeah, right. Um, and this, this is, this is a kind of a blueberry cheesecake. No, that oh, that's mine. Nice. That's mine. Thing. No, I'm no, not, boy, yeah, no, that's mine. Which is pretty good. Which is pretty good. Here's your chocolate. No, I don't like chocolate. There's also, there's also, wait for it, wait for it. There's also this, this, and this, this is a raspberry Ripple, oh, a okay, raspberry ripple. Okay. Now, put them all out. I'm going to take a picture of them. So don't, yeah. Oh my just, God, yeah. James. Do you know what this is? Yeah. Hang on. You've actually... I say this yeah. Right, come around. Okay, come around. Okay, come around. Come around. We can do this live because right. this makes for brilliant broadcast radio. <laughs> yeah. Right, come come and like, get, get in the picture with the cake. Get in the picture with the cake. Come on, scooch over. Hold the cake up. Look vindicated oh by the cake. Well. There we go. Hey, cake. It's cake. It's cake. There we go. Right. So. Now, so, James. Yeah. Uh, let me first of all commend you on... Look, what else I've got? Spoons. Oh. I've got spoons. Oh. You've, you've, you've got really... spoons. So we you can actually eat the yeah. cake live on air. Uh... Oh, can I have the cheesecake one? Oh Do we want to mix God. it up a bit? I, I mean, I'm not going to say <laughs> that I don't like either. chocolate cake, but... Oh, you uh, have... You... Yeah, you, you but it's fine. Maybe we can have little bits. We yeah. can sample. We can mix and match. I would say you've pulled an absolute blinder in terms of um, uh, switcheroo. Yeah, right. Yeah, you you know, did you? Yeah, that was a very good thing. And I think this is a brilliant warm-up act for the cake from Paul. <laughs> can I say fruity, creamy, spongy? Not from Paul. Yeah. N- not from Paul. There not from no, Paul. I've mean, heard of this cakery. You know, no, thing. I mean, I'm not giving them a free plug though. If they want to sponsor the podcast, Squish, did you Google it or did you? No, well, no, I, they have a branch nearby. Oh, I may or may not have Googled an cake exciting shop moment Soho. on the pod. Yeah, that's it. Look at it. They're tucking in. Are Which you one are you tucking into, boy? bit of, of me tucking into a cake oh, on, 100%. The, on the actual this pod. Is, this, is, this is brilliant I'm radio. This oh, it's like watching, do you know what it's like? Watching Louis Grossman yeah. try something. Tucking into this blue. He's agitating cod So what we do, are we mixing it up? So we're all having a bit of each one so we can sample it all. I about that. I don't want any of the chocolate. Yeah, so you well, can I mean, have that, James. I'll be honest, neither do I. I don't eat chocolate cake, so... Boyd, Boyd has to have the chocolate. It's nice. It's, it's not too sweet. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's um, moist. You sound like poor Hollywood. Yeah. Please don't say that word. It's, it's, it's um, a moist... No, uh, don't repeat am it. Am I getting a handshake? Do I get a handshake? <laughs> I think you might get a, a Hilton handshake. handshake. A Hilton handshake. Yeah, a Hilton handshake. Yeah, you yes. might get a Hilton handshake. A Hilton yeah. handshake. Yeah. Kay, why didn't you... Okay, let me why didn't you shove some of that Yeah, down? this is the yeah, raspberry ripple. So Kay's going to try the raspberry ripple. 
Let's have the, the live I'm sure feedback. this is fascinating for listeners. I'm sure it is. Mm. It's just like listening to Bake Off. You, you very cleverly concealed these, though. I did. Well. did, because yeah. I came into the studio early and hid them. Wow. So you couldn't see them. What an elaborate rooms. Okay, this one is very nice. Again, it's the M word that I won't say. It's moist. Fruity. Fruity. Creamy. Spongy. Not too, very spongy. Right. And not too, not overly sweet, which not, I enjoy. Not overly mm. sweet. Are you going to have a bit of the chocolate? I don't like chocolate cake, no. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I mean, we can have some of this... Uh... Have some of the blueberry. Pass it around. So this is an interesting thing. I like chocolate, but I don't like chocolate ice cream and I don't like chocolate cake. Yeah, I'm a bit True like story. Yeah, I'm so is this, I'm going to try this. Yeah. Okay. This I'll is, try a bit of This is the blueberry cheesecake. All right, yeah. I'll try a bit of the blueberry cheesecake. This is this is genuinely the best James, part. I'm very impressed by your subterfuge. Yeah, you see? See? Yeah. yeah. Just as I was giving you a real slagging about it as well. Yeah. So you know what? The people in Fiji, we might go up again now because yeah. of this. Mm. That's good cake. Mm. All right. Well, so that was the cake the segment. I hope you're all. Uh, I hope you're all feeling sufficiently vindicated. <laughs> they were not cheap. <laughs> but oh no my god! Else. Wow. Oh. Is... <laughs> now I feel bad because yeah, you should have gone to the balls. Feel bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. why you wanted photos of each of the individual ones. I'll see them. He wants to get as much money. Uh, yeah, as I possible. want to get my Guys, money's worth. In honor of James, like opening up his wallet and the moths flying out could you please leave some more reviews yes leave us a five um, cake rating on whatever platform of your choice specifically if you're in Fiji yeah and if you're um, frankly if you're in Fiji could you please just listen more get, get some of your friends to listen yeah. like some more could we have more Fijians on the beach yeah get your speakers out yeah. Play it out loud. And the next thing is, if you can get us to number one in, let's say, Fiji, but uh, to be honest, it limits the people who can impact that. If you can get us a number one in the film and TV uh, charts Where? by getting all your friends to listen to it, the UK, let's go for the UK. Let's keep oh, it Oh, that's keep a bit of a reach because we've got Dan in the UK. I didn't want to read that out. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Well, yeah. bring us back up to number one and I'll buy them at McDonald's. Guys, I'll give you the news here. Even a filet of fish. We've gone down 22 places. We're at 40. 22? Yeah. All because I didn't get you cake enough. Yeah, because oh, of you. Yeah, I want to try some of this one. Okay, fine. I want to try. I want to try. Shall some we have of the, a two-minute timeout? Well, let, tell you what we'll do. Let's introduce our next guest. Our next guest while we eat more of the cake. This is Jennifer Garner, uh, who you should of course know because she's a star of more films than you can shake a stick at. Lest we forget Sydney Bristow from Alias, where she starred alongside Victor Garber, who she also stars again. In the last thing he told me on Apple, uh, where she plays a woman whose husband not only vanishes, but leaves behind a trail of clues indicating he's very much not the person she thought she was. We sent a Mon Warman along to find out more. Right, give me some of this cake. We are delighted to be joined on the Pilot TV podcast by the star of The Last Thing He Told Me, Jennifer Garner. How are you? Hello, Mon. I'm so well. Thank you. I'm so happy to speak to you. I am so happy to speak with you too, especially about this show, I binged all seven episodes in pretty much one sitting. Uh, so I kind of liked it. I'm so happy to hear it. Thank you so much. I hope I hope everyone feels that way. Thank you. <laughs> I know this is I know this is based on the best-selling book. Uh, at what point did you read it? And was there anything you took away from the actual novel that you really wanted to put into your performance? Oh my gosh. Well, I read the novel just as somebody who reads I just I read the novel aloud to one of my kids and we just could not put it down we just it was kind of like what you're saying we kept just forget bedtime we're gonna keep going I'm sorry it's too good the end of this chapter is a cliffhanger we have to see what happens next I was devoted to the novel as we were making the show first of all as its biggest fan I wanted to just make my fan friends as happy as um as you know as possible and hope that we fulfilled what they see um mm -hmm. for the show but also 
I, 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 the, the book is so rich. It's so rich um, in imagery. The dialogue is so rich that I was constantly going in to, um, to say, Hey, could we add this back in? Could we add this in? Is there a way, you know, why did you change the dialogue here? I like how it is in the book. So mm. I was um, Laura Dave's biggest advocate on set. And she was sitting right there. I love that. Anytime you have a problem, Laura, can I just have a word about this, this, this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, one of the things that I really loved about this story is that it's a love story for multiple characters, but really between a mother and a daughter, mm-hmm. which is great. Was there anything that you did with Angry Rice, who plays Bailey, uh, to your Hannah, to help establish that chemistry when you guys are all set? Well, the cool thing about it is we start out as adversaries, really. I mean, uh, Hannah has, didn't have a mother. She was rejected by her mother. And then she has never planned on being a stepmother and has no idea how to do it. And um, Bailey didn't have a mother and has no desire to have one now. She only wants her dad. She's not interested in this woman at all. So they are definitely not in the best place when they're starting off. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a stepmother and a teenager. That's could be very tricky. And it is. Mm-hmm then their lives blow up and they have to deal with each other. They don't have an option. They have nothing to do, but try to start to deal. So, Mm -hmm. and Gowrie and I really got to build our trust in our relationship as these characters built theirs. And the tricky thing was because she's so engaging and charming was not jumping into a maternal role with her right in the beginning, but holding back. When you're an actor, I imagine having an actor right there with you to face off against is very, very helpful. But one of the things that the show has and which you do so well is phone acting. I wanted to ask about that. When you're filming phone acting, is there any upside at all to not having the actors in front of you so you can play off them? I actually am not a fan of phone acting. Mm. I like real people. Um, <laughs> a luxury that I had on this, Jeff Stoltz, who played my my ex-boyfriend, or Hannah's ex-boyfriend, We only had scenes on the phone. We never had a scene face to face, but he was kind enough to drive out to wherever we were shooting and to show up and walk along under the camera to be there reading his lines opposite me, which was huge because I had really big scenes with him and it just made all the difference to have him there. Kudos for going the extra mile. I like that. Yeah. Well done, Jeff Stoltz. (laughs) Um, I did not know a single thing about wood turning uh, before I watched this show. I imagine you were to say, tell me if I'm wrong, because that would be amazing. But are there any other crazy skills that you've learned while making a movie or TV show? And more importantly, can you still do any of them? I can still wood turn. I just did it last weekend. I worked oh. I worked for months and months. It's. I think it's my favorite thing I've ever learned to do for something. Mm. Um, but otherwise, I learned how to give shots for Pearl Harbor. I learned how to fight for Alias. I learned sword fighting for Electra. And I still have scars on my fingers where I got whacked. Oh. I learned, I've learned way too much about guns. I hate guns, but I can really take one apart, put it together. I can do all kinds. I really know how to be safe with, with those. And then I've learned how to listen to someone's heart when I did Dallas Buyers Club. So yeah, everything has taught me a little something. Amazing. So if I were to hand you a pair of Electra's signature size right now, you could still do all the twirls and the tricks and everything else? I could do a lot of them. I don't think I could. I used to be able to flip them over my hand and just catch them. Um, or to to do more throwing things and that I think I would have to work on. But as far as spinning them, I, yes, I think I can. 
That is impressive. Remind me not to piss you off because you can still <laughs> I, clearly kick. I, I, will remi- I, I can definitely <laughs> kick your ass, but I, I will remind you not to piss you off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so with wood turning, I read this great description of it uh, from you, absolutely, actually, which I want to read out. Um, you, you take a block of wood and slowly you discover what it's meant to what it's meant to be by peeling back layers on the outside, shaping it into what you want, peeling back layers on the inside until it reveals itself which I, I love that quote. What, what were some of the layers to Hannah that you really enjoyed peeling back and discovering? It was really peeling back layers of myself a lot of the time to find Hannah and make room for her because I'm quite exuberant. I am a little bit like a puppy dog in in energy, um, like it or not. I mean, I don't, I sometimes wish I weren't so extra, but I can't help it. Hannah is not. She is quiet and still. And so Wood turning actually helped me find that because believe me, when you are standing in front of a lathe going, you know, 500 RPMs and you're holding a wood gouge and it can just spin out of your face and, you know, whack you in the head, you definitely are concentrated and very, very still. That really informed the role for me learning, you know, you just have this tiny little blade. And if you hold it at exactly the right angle, you catch a ring of wood and you push the ring of wood all the way back and shape into what you want it to be. And you don't even know. Sometimes you get so mesmerized, you realize, oh my gosh, I've made it really shallow or, oh my goodness, I've, I've actually made this such a deep cut because I just kept going in deeper and deeper because it felt so right at the time. Well, then that's what you have. You know, that's, that's, I'm not a consistent wood turner, but I, I do love to do it, but yes, all of those things. And then my own natural voice tends to sit in a higher register, but I felt like Hannah is speaks less than I do. And so I, I wanted her voice to sit differently in her body. So I worked with a vocal coach to mm. kind of lower my register. There's a lot of talk in the show about who you used to be versus who you are now as a person. And you've been acting in this business for almost 30 years now. What's something about you that stayed the same? And what would 1995 Jennifer Garner think about 2023 Jennifer Garner? Would there be anything mm. that would surprise her? Gosh, the things that stay the same is I'm pretty disciplined. So that is that I think I was as a kid and I, I am more so now. I also really love to be on set. Like I really love to be on set. You know, I grew up doing summer stock theater and doing theater where I had to build the set and wash the clothes and plunge the toilets and sell the tickets and hang the lights. And so I'm happy just being I feel like set is like that if you let it be where you are one of the crew and that I love. Um, and I loved it when I was a kid too. So that's the same. And what's different is just, I think I trust my own instincts a little bit more, I, I would say. And also you just, you bring who you are to what you're doing, right? And you you only have your own experiences, your own imagination, what you've taken in as an artist and what you have lived as a person and so I've just lived a lot of life. Final question for you. When I found out that I was talking to you, I decided to do a little mini alias rewatch. Uh, I'm like I'm like eight episodes into the first season. I think you've already had approximately 37 different hairstyles. It is really quite something. I hope you've got to keep a couple of those ways at least because my goodness. Um, but I bring it up because Victor Garber uh, is in this show. You reunited with him, which was awesome to see. Uh, when was the last time you watched Alias? And do you guys ever talk about an Alias reunion? Because sign me up right now. Just oh my saying. 
gosh, that's so awesome. Well, um, I will say every single person has asked me about doing an alias <laughs> of some kind. And really, you don't need to ask me. Obviously, I'm in. You have to talk to his name is JJ Abrams. His phone number is 310-554. No, I'm kidding. Um, but yes, call JJ. But yes, having Victor there, you know, our relationship has only deepened in the 17 years since Alias went off the air. And I was, I've always looked for ways to reunite with him on screen. And this was the most delectable version of it because I dreamed it. We, we thought it up. We asked him, he said, suddenly he was just there and we had these juicy scenes together. Um, yeah, there's something about there's something about working with people that you know that well. There's what a what a luxury. It's I, I hope that I get to lap back around and work with other actors that I've known for a long time. Like in Adam Project, I, I had a day with Mark Ruffalo and we got mm-hmm. to start where we had finished, you know, decades ago. And that was just like, we looked at each other and we were like, wow, this feels so good. You know, I, I just, I hope that in the next phase of my career, I'm just going back and working with people that I've loved over and over again. JJ Abrams, just to get details yep. now, if you could, if you could finish sending me the, the number, then I'll, yes, certainly. I will get on that. Get on it. Make it happen. (laughs) (laughs) My people will talk to his people. (laughs) But until that time, Jennifer Garner, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. You've been so fun. Thank you so much, everyone. Well, that was Jennifer Garner. But in case you were wondering, uh, cake-wise, we've established the Raspberry Ripple was the favourite among the team. Uh, In case, case you've rather enjoyed the blueberry cheesecake, Mm -hmm. and frankly, no one is getting into the chocolate and caramel for reasons that aren't entirely clear. So there you go. Cake Thank was a you success. very much, James. There Thank we go. You, yeah. Round of applause for James. Thank you. Thank you. Cake was a success. Well done. Really elaborate. Fitting your words. I would say to you, I mean, you should thank the listeners, really, for this cake. Yeah, right. they're what the are we ones. doing? Oh, my God. It was a grassroots operation. They rose up and demanded cake. I cannot believe I thanked you. Yes, thank yeah. you, listeners, for um, reviewing us to make this all possible. Yeah. Thanks, listeners. Right. Should we have this week's news? Let's talk about news. And obviously mm. the main news on everybody's mind is that I got you all cake. But <laughs> I'm assuming that there was, in fact, other news out there. So what have you got? We remember that uh, last week we reported on the widespread reports, just use the same word again, that Kirby Enthusiasm, <laughs> Kirby Enthusiasm, one of the greatest shows in all of TV history, was going to end um, with its next 12th season. But it turns out this is not the case. Oh, God. What? And that rumours of um, Kirby's demise are greatly exaggerated. And so an executive producer, Jeff Schaefer, told Deadline, the uh, highly respected kind of Hollywood Reporter Variety Star website, on Monday, reports of our demise have been greatly exaggerated. We literally just finished shooting last week. So, yeah, we're done with that. But he said that at the end of every season, and this is true, I've known this right going back to the beginning, there's the expectation that the series may or may not continue. And it hasn't been decided yet, basically. So, you know, it's, just, it's basically just like the same as it always is with that Why show. Why did this year, more than any other year, did it ramp up to the state that everyone thought was I over? I think, I'm guessing, this is a total guess, I have absolutely no insider knowledge or anything, but I reckon they probably did imply that it was going to be the last series, maybe Larry. I mean, Larry is quite the, um, what's, how should I put it, unpredictable maverick. Remember, he was supposed to do a special <laughs> yeah. last year. Do you remember this? And he cancelled it two days before it was supposed to go out. Why? He's a maniac. He just, didn't, just decided he didn't want to do it. Yeah. And so um, I think he probably did give people the idea that this might be the final season, and then he's probably changed his mind of that uncertainty and it could well carry on. So we'll see. We'll see. So it's definitely definitely not officially confirmed at all 
that, it's the final season. Quite the opposite. Well, in further bad news, well, that's oh, actually good that's news, good right? News. Yeah, good news. But further bad news is something ending. Next series of Ghosts, fifth series, will be the last, mm. which is yeah. sad. But I think it is good news because it's, it's right place time to go at the, yeah. Yeah, the right time. I agree. Something that will be back, which we'll all be excited about, particularly James, who has been snaffling the chocolate cake, is Unforgotten. It yes. is coming back for a sixth series. And going to America. Yes. Not an American remake. It's important no. that we emphasize that. Yeah, they are bold. simply, one of their cases is taking them across yeah. the pond. Oh, I didn't see that. Mm. Oh, yeah. Did you? <laughs> you didn't read the story at all. Did you just read the headline? One of Kay's intriguing habits is to not read a full email. To basically stop at the first line. Give me the headline. I'm not going to go any further. It's so true. It's, it's so fine. awful. And um, recently it's getting me in a bit of hot water. But anyway, yeah. Oh, dear. Mm. Let's not go into that. Yeah. Um, did you read beyond the first line about um, the next series of Industry? Did you know no. about this story? Oh. John Snow. John, John Snow. Snow. Kit Harrington is going to be the guest star of the Nexus of Industry. First of all, I can't even remember whether we confirmed that Industry was coming back for a third season, because for a while there, it would, there were kind of the creators and, and cast were a bit up in the air about whether it was actually going to come back. But thankfully, it's I love Industry. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Massively entertaining um, and engaging. And so, yeah, he's going to play Henry Muck, the rather brilliantly named Henry Muck, a CEO and founder of Lumi, an exciting green tech energy company that's about to go public. I can um, see that with his hair yeah. all slicked back. Completely, yeah. He plays a bit of a, a CEO doofus in extrapolation. Yes, indeed. I was thinking that. I think this sounds yeah. a lot like that character. It does sound a lot like that character. But I wonder if he'll be it. reading his news on a swimming pool. Yes, exactly. <laughs> One of the greatest moments of all of TV <laughs> this year, yeah. Reading the stocks and shares on his swimming pool. We shall never forget. Any right. news from you, James? What else have we got? Uh, Jensen Ackles, who oh. played Soldier Boy in The Boys, is going to be reprising that role in The Boys' spin-off, Gen V. So we get more Soldier Boy in that. So if you enjoyed that character, then, you know, yay. Yeah, oh, it's a good character. There you go. It's a bit yeah. news for you. Yeah. Did you know that? So, so okay, so so news has broken that Amazon has ordered a TV series of 90s movie Cruel Intentions, which yes. brought Reese Witherspoon to our attention, I think. And so... And Sarah Michelle Gellar. But we knew who Sarah Michelle Gellar was. Yeah, she was yeah, Buffy. True, true, but, true. But, but, but I thought there'd been a TV show uh, of this. They tried... Um, I remember talking to Buffy, Sarah Michelle Gellar, about this when I did an interview with her for her um, controversial werewolf-based show. The rubbish one. That we yeah. reviewed oh, quite yeah. harshly The one on that was show. genuinely awful, uh, yes. It was, yeah, questionable. And then <laughs> which, I was, to... which wasn't good, and then you insisted on having an interview with her on the I mean, board, which I think was yeah. unfair. And I had I hosted <laughs> yeah, I know, an event awful, with her awful. that week. But I asked her about the Cruel Intentions um, TV this year. Anything to not talk about the wolf pack. Steady, but yes. steady. Oh, my God. <laughs> and she said there have been so many attempts to do so many yes we're doing a Crawling Tensions TV show I think they might have filmed a pilot I'm, I, I should have checked all this but I didn't know you were going to bring this story up so I'm not going to blame myself but um, she was like there may or may not be may or may not be still up in the air but blah 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 apparently yes it is actually going to happen so good wow because okay. that is a fantastic I love that film it's, it's, it's film. literally the 90s writ large well yeah because it? it's Dangerous Liaisons isn't it it's, but we're just like with young with, sexy hot kids with more gratuitous with more gratuitous nudity yes particularly Ryan Philippe uh, that right. was the making mm. of him that is right yeah. it was indeed yes. uh, Selma Blair as well yes Yeah. yeah. correct good stuff uh, Wonder Man the Disney Plus MCU series has begun production okay a big Wonder Man mm -hmm. fan so she'd be pretty excited about love that it. are you psyched are you excited being developed by Destin Daniel Cretton who did uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Daniel Rings Daniel Cretton D yeah. Destin Daniel Cretton <laughs> that is his name oh, Cretton wow. no yeah, C-R-E-T-T-O-N Cretton oh, fair enough I think we should go Cretton <laughs> this is not the 
Merritt-Weather Weaver Waver, oh, Weaver. <laughs> which is a gag that will only be understood yeah. by people who listen to Pilot Plus. That's another right. reason to uh, subscribe, so you can understand these banal jokes. Yes, these terrible <laughs> in-jokes. Okay. All right, good, good, good. Right, uh, it's all going to see the return of Trevor Slattery, Sir Ben Kingsley's Trevor Slattery, uh, which is never a bad thing. Oh, that's exciting. Yes, indeed. Uh, what else have we got? There was some Harry Potter news. Oh, yeah. Did you see this? Yes, I Obviously, did, yeah. after we'd been talking about, do you know what would make a really good TV series? <laughs> Harry Potter! <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then it turns out that they are, in fact, very close to uh, signing a deal for an HBO Max reboot of the Harry Potter series with one season per book planned, so a seven-season run. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I mean, where they are going to recast all of the, you know, all of the kids as new kids. Will they? Uh, will there be uproar because of you know like people Why? being people being obsessed with the characters and Daniel Radcliffe as uh, Harry and no, you know I think I there's think, purists out there. Right? I think Potterheads will love it. They can't get enough. Potter. Or hate it. I mean, well, obviously, I mean, I don't mean. I mean, they will love the idea of that it being more, you know, more. I don't Potter know. Related. I think there's going to be a. No, I think it's fine. Rumbles. I mean, there'll be there'll be there'll be some rumbles for sure, but I think the the uh, the truly the still truly committed Potter fans will mm. embrace. The I, I might postulate that the recasting will be the least of this show's worries, but uh, let's see what happens. On. <laughs> yes, anything else? Yes. Did you see the the May Martin news? Oh, by the way, well, the the main May Martin news of this week is that she is creating her own TV series, another TV series. It looks very exciting. It's called, it's going to be called, wait, wait, wait for it, Tall Pines. It's a Netflix show. It's a thriller. Mm. set in a bucolic but sinister town that explores the insidious underbelly of the troubled teen industry and the eternal struggle between one generation and the next. Uh, it's going to be a wildly entertaining story about the relationship between teens and adults, etc. But I'm excited about the idea of Mae Martin creating a drama mm. rather than a comedy, which of course she's... Well, no, but I we all loved, in fact, Mae Martin's Feel Good. It was on Channel 4 Netflix. She's a fantastic uh, person. Her stand-up special, her relatively new stand-up special, which I've, which I've actually literally never mentioned on this show, even though it's fantastic, is up on Netflix now and arrived a couple of weeks ago and is as brilliant as, as ever. Um, she's a phenomenon, so I'm very excited about this whole thing. Tall Pines with May Martin, co-creator, co-showrunner, executive producer. That's exciting, boy. Do you know what's more exciting? Um, something geeky and sci-fi and fantasy <laughs> that you've got to tell us? It's almost like you know me really well. Star Trek Starfleet Academy has been <laughs> ordered the series and I know you are psyched about this <laughs> Starfleet Academy is something that they have been threatening to do for about as long as I've been alive it's kind mm. of are they going to do it are they going to not are they going to do it are they going to not it's is that like they're going to do Star it Trek? yeah basically it's, it's, it's Starfleet 90210 <laughs> <laughs> Captain's Log Stardate 90210 that's what they should call oh, yeah. it uh, yeah so it's going to be young mm. hot Starfleet kids getting up to hijinks at Starfleet Academy <laughs> boys I mean I've seen none of that do you know what there's a clamour for Star Trek Legacy, which is like, so Terry Metalis, who's the showrunner of Star Trek Picard, has been saying that even though this is the last season of Picard, he was saying he'd like to take all, because there's a there's a scene, if you haven't been watching Star Trek Picard, one when all of the oh, the Enterprise D OGs around the table, and it feels like a, like a next-gen reunion, it gave us all the warm and fuzzy feelings, and he was like, let's get all of these crazy kids back together, essentially reboot next-gen, we'll call it Star Trek Legacy, let's do this thing. And so there's been a big swelling of support from mainly Kay, saying, we <laughs> want to see this happening. You know, we want to see Star Trek. You, you are getting so excited, you're definitely having a big swelling. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Steady. Steady. Uh, I mean, look, who would really for Star Trek Legacy? Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you about it. I'm, oh I'm very gosh. psyched about this. I want to see we it happen. We can tell. 
<laughs> yeah, pretty pretty excited about this. But I forgot to mention this because actually it broke just after we did last week's podcast and I forgot to mention it. So yeah, uh, yeah. I should have gone back and read on that. The other thing I would say is there is a new trailer for Apple Silo, uh, <laughs> which is a show that I may or may not have heard of. And is a small one word. Have you seen the trailer? Begins with S. The, yeah. the trailer. Actually, there is legitimately a new yes. trailer for this. Yes. And the trailer is legitimately fantastic. So take whatever subtext yeah. from that that you will. But there is a genuine new trailer for Silo. Uh, and I have loved that. Uh, I've loved that trailer. I think it's very good and one of my favourite trailers of the year so far. What's that? Uh, What's the book called? This is definitely from Michael Wool. Sheep. It is based on Hugh Howey's book Wool. <laughs> Wool. Not Sheep. Not Sheep. But Wool. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Wool. The Silo series, but uh, begins with the book Wool. Mm. 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 Exciting stuff. Uh, <laughs> yes. Anything else before we basically put no. news to death? Uh, <laughs> No, kill okay. News. Kill news. News I think is we've, done. We're having a sugar high. We are. It's the cake. That's what's yeah. happening. It's the yeah. vegan cake. Sure, yeah. uh, let's have reviews. Should we go into reviews? That is traditionally what we do next yeah, on the let's podcast. Do it. <laughs> we've reviewed all three cakes so far, so let's <laughs> review some actual TV shows. First up this week, we have Netflix's Obsession, which, as you've heard, stars Charlie Murphy as Anna, who takes the rather unorthodox route of hitting on her boyfriend's father within seconds of meeting him. And frankly, the less said about him feeding her olives, the better. Kay. <laughs> Were you slightly obsessed with this? I was not obsessed. I think it's very entertaining. Look, this is frothy, entertaining. If I have time, I'll watch more of it, maybe. But in terms of storytelling, I think it's pretty lightweight. There's no subtlety with this at all. Um, as Jer- as J- Josh? You forgot my name. That's yeah. it. I've got you cake and now I'm dead to you. Like, Josh? J- 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 As Jeremy, Josh alluded John. to, there's like a few memorable moments like, yeah, when she's eating the olive and like, I don't know. I just think, yeah, I I did like it, but I just thought, yeah, it was just a bit clunky for me in parts. And like, for example, I can give you some examples. So Rich, have you said this? Richard Armitage plays William. Yes, Thorin. In fact, in fact, we do get to see Thorin's Oakenshield in oh this my first God. episode, which was a <laughs> yes. little bit unexpected. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a little bit of full frontal. There Actually, are explicit was, scenes. There were. It, I thought it was quite refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holly Murphy keeps all of her clothes yes. on. But uh, Richard Armitage well, is, uh, initially, is you, todger out. Initially, I, I've seen all four episodes and I can assure you there's equal opportunity. Oh, fine. So oh, there's, fine. A, there's, there's enough nudity to go around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That must have made your interview well, quite it, awkward. Uh, no, but, no, uh, not No, not at all. Okay, fine. But yes, I was, I, was, I was surprised to see so much of Richard Armitage first thing in the morning, but there you go. Surprised to see so much of Dick Armitage. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Boydie, I this cake, happening. This yeah, cake has really turned you. Yeah. Boyd's gone full innuendo, yeah. sort of full of sugar and blueberries. Yeah. He's just bouncing off the wall. Um, yeah, so for example, there's this scene where like Armitage is aroused by, what's her name? Anna. And uh, and is quite tempted. <laughs> what's her name? We have some respect. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Charlie Murphy. She was on the podcast a minute ago. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. yes. Charlie Murphy, who is brilliant in this. And as is Richard Armitage. Mm. Um, and he's really tempted by her and so he's like pedalling faster on his cycle and and then he doesn't know whether he'll go through with it and so he's staring at a clock it's just very like that you know Um, there's no nuance or subtlety about it and also FYI there's just happens to be a cab outside his office when he wants to go and see her because that's how London works apparently (laughs) Wow. Um, <laughs> what, what that's, point, that just, is the takeaway. That is where the line was. Like, yeah. That's what pulled yeah. you out of that. No, the availability of a taxi. No, there be a taxi one, of, one of my big things was, what kind of maniac has their ringtone on? Oh, Do you know God. what? She's not wrong. I had exactly the I, same thought. No, it's like, true, Boyd. There's a scene where Anna is phoning yeah. William and she he's trying to ignore it. He's in an office which he shares with someone else. 
and he's just letting it ring, which, you know, obviously that's quite irritating to begin with. But my question was, what? who has their ringtone? His, yeah, ring his phone is not on silent and it rings repeatedly. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? Mm. The other thing that threw me on this is like, the only, the main sign here that Anna is a mentalist is the fact that she calls him on the phone to actually speak. Who does that in 2023? <laughs> that is not a thing. That is a sign that someone's not all there. To me, the only thing weirder would be if she had her keypad tones on as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, like the little tap, tap, yeah, tap, yeah, tap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who has their keypad tones But anyway, on? I think they were good performances, but the script for me wasn't particularly strong. And yeah, so it was in, it was intriguing. I thought, actually, we should mention Indira Varma was great as his wife. Always. She is always, fantastic. Yeah. Um, Rish Shah plays his son. But yeah, I mean, if it's on I, and I have time, I should watch it, but I'm not. I wasn't gripped, gripped. I, I, I mean, Boydie, I'm, I'm interested to hear what you think about this, but I don't think I think we can move on before discussing the olives fully. So the olive mm. situation, so you have to understand. So Richard Armitage has a son. His son has a new girlfriend. He knows the name of a girlfriend. He has not met the girlfriend. He goes to some kind of function. I don't remember what it was. It's a, it's a, a parliament. It's a parliamentary oh, fine. political it, function. It was fine. It's, yeah. a, it's a wine bar. It was a wine Run, bar at parliament. Yeah. A parliamentary wine bar. And he's there. He's having a chat. He sees her from across. They lock eyes from across the room. He doesn't know who she is. She sidles over to him because he makes himself. He goes around the other side of the bar where there's no one there. She sidles over to him, introduces. She says, "Ah, oh, I am Anna." And so he's like, "Oh, you're my son's girlfriend." And at this point, they are approximately. Eight inches apart, face to face, which frankly yeah. is a massive violation of personal space and wildly inappropriate. <laughs> and then, so they're just gazing into each other's eyes, which is, again, not a normal thing to do before yeah. you have exchanged a single conversation. They're both whack. And then he proceeds, she's like, is that for me? And he has like an olive on a stick. He pulls the olive off the stick and feeds it to her. Yeah. And I cannot emphasize this enough. They met less than 20 seconds mm. earlier. Now, well, I thought it was James, smart. when you know, you know. <laughs> Perhaps that's it. I mean, Perhaps just because you haven't had a beautiful woman sidle up to you and, and you know, ask me to feed her an olive. olive. <laughs> to feed her an olive. You know, I mean, yes, but the whole point of that scene is that it is lust at first sight, isn't it? She catch, slap, catches his eye, he catches, mm. and they're immediately in, in, you know, kind of locked. Yeah, but into... has that ever happened? Does would that happen in real life? I mean, it's... no, be real. Like, are you going to honestly? Theory, I think you, it could happen in real life. You, you, yeah. Are you I, saying it never happens in real life that two people don't catch each other's eyes across across a, a crowded room yeah, and, and just... immediately have a kind of lust slush for each other? Yeah, but I just don't think it, it like happens so quickly and without any sort of like. I mean, just literally, they lock eyes. They both go to the bar. He feeds her an olive. Yeah, I yeah, mean, that is I weird. Mean, yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, it's a it's an entity. It's a funny. There, there and are, she's his son's girlfriend, which is kind of a crucial piece of information, yeah, of which he knows. Yeah, exactly. But it, the whole point of it, there is a heightened. This is a heightened piece of drama. It's you know, it absolutely yeah. isn't supposed to be kind of completely realistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, kind it's of frothy. like. Oh, I don't. I don't think it is frothy. I, I, so, it's I, fruity. I disagree. Spongy. Yeah. <laughs> Apologies for slightly disagreeing with you. I think the tone oh, of this is surprisingly, in a way, unfrothy. Weirdly, it's 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 quite. It's heightened. It's stylized. It's the the sex scenes, which are very choreographed, um, literally choreographed by the uh, intimacy coordinator, as mm. is discussed in my interview with um, with Charlie Murphy, are, are very interesting. And they enter into this. What it's a BDSM. It's not just any affair. Oh. Yeah, it's not just any affair between a man and his son's new girlfriend. <laughs> it's a BDSM affair in which she becomes a submissive 
I don't know the jargon. She explains it in this view. Kind of, it, she's submissive, and yet she's the one who who, who kind of um, rule. She establishes the rules, right? How can she be submissive? Well, exactly. It's complicated. But what's interesting is that it, the way it plays out is kind of fascinating, and uh, and it and it becomes very much non frothy. It's quite. It gets quite. Um, I mean, there are moments of, of levity. Don't get me wrong, and there are moments where it gets very emotional. But it's actually quite a kind of. It's got like a kind of sheen of kind of glossiness to it. But uh, but it's definitely not frothy. It's definitely not like it's definitely unlike a lot of the classic Netflix, you know, erotic thriller type things, you know, that we've discussed before on the show. It's very much not like you, for example. Yeah, that's true. Which is a non-stop froth fest. Yeah. Right? Okay. This has not got its tongue in its cheek at all, I would say. At no, all. No, it takes itself seriously. It takes itself quite seriously. And I think that's quite interesting and refreshing. When it, and it, as it evolves and, and as as the stakes get higher and as the um this relationship goes on, it becomes they're addicted to this thing. Um, this in- intriguing sex- sexual with ol- ol- olives get much there's much more olives. Oh really? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's all kinds more of olive stuff. action. So uh, I actually really liked it. I th- and I bear in mind this is all which what we haven't said is this is adapted from the book Damage mm. um, by Josephine Hart, Novella. which was made into a film in 1992 by the legendary French director Louis Mal, and it starred Jeremy Irons um, and Juliette Binoche. And in that film, my memory of that film is that he barely takes his clothes off at all. Jeremy Irons. I mean, who in particular? wants to see Jeremy Irons naked oh, all due respect to well, back then yeah. even back then frankly um, and Juliette Binoche famously did not have a good time on the she, she later uh, in recent years she talked about how she almost walked off um, the, sh- the, the film Why? Yeah, just wasn't happy with the way the sex scenes were dealt with and you know all of that mm. and the book is very much and the, that film and book are very much told from his point of view of the, of, the, of the husband having an affair with his son's new girlfriend whereas this which has been written by um, a playwright Morgan Lloyd Malcolm who is a woman and is by Directed by the husband and wife team of Glenn Leyburn and Lisa Burroughs Dessar, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, who made Ordinary Love, that film uh, mm. recently, which was pretty good. They've done a good job of making it as much about her from her point of view as it is from his point of view. In fact, even more from her point of view, which is much, much more interesting. So she's obviously she's like a classic femme fatale in a way. Um, you know, she's doing a really horrible thing. She's knowingly entering into a, a, a BDSM affair with the husband of her. Of her boyfriend, right? I mean, that father is father of her boyfriend. Father, but yeah. Sorry, the he's father. Do, of he's her doing boyfriend. an awful thing. No, they're all doing an awful. Yeah, so both of them. Not on her. No, no, no right. Uh, it's on exactly. both of them. It's, it's on both of them. Definitely yeah. on both. But of definitely them. in the film, in the original film of the book. This is my point. It was definitely much more on her than him. Fine. It was definitely okay. like she is, you know, the protagonist of this thing. She is driving it, and she. I mean, she's still driving it, but you get to see, and there's a whole psychological exploration of just why she's into this stuff, mm-hmm. which I won't spoil. But it's fascinating. Well, I, so maybe I, I need to watch another episode. Yeah, I think you should because the first episode has to establish somehow this why these two are ferociously into each other in that scene which we were talking about. But I think you should carry on watching it because it gets really fascinating. And I have to say, Bill's still quite I thought the climax was brilliant. Steady. I, I, <laughs> steady. No pun intended. Not the, not, <laughs> I was going to say, not in the first episode it wasn't. Not in the first episode it wasn't because they have rather awkward, let's be honest, generously four second sex in a doorway. And I've got to be honest, if that's how your affair is beginning, it's not carrying on. <laughs> yeah, they, they take more time out um, in later episodes. So, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it, I have to say. I thought, I, 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 was, re- I was really impressed by, what, by how they've turned it into a kind of, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, they're definitely... 
it's not definitely like a thing that takes itself seriously, but not in a bad, not in a, not in a yeah. bad way, in a, in a kind it, of interesting way. It's an interesting psychological study, as you say, because she's so predatory in it. Yeah. Like so assertive and aggressively pursues it. I mean, obviously, he is a raging twat because he's <laughs> shagging his son's girlfriend. And yes, he's clearly horny and she's young and hot and all these various things. And they, they obviously do have this sort of really powerful sexual attraction to each other. But she has clearly gone out of her way to target him. And the interesting thing, the first one is like, is the, is the why? And you feel like maybe, and I've not seen enough to know you feel like maybe that's the kink isn't it the kink is partly that he's her boyfriend's oh, father yeah. and that's why she's really hot for him and you know that 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 first sex sequence they have you know the details of it I think we've kind of <laughs> maybe touched on already you know I was quite surprised shall we say about how that played out uh, mm. in, in all its <laughs> underwhelming glory <laughs> not sure why she came back for seconds but there you go <laughs> well, they, they, they do get very excited yeah I mean it's true what's um, also interesting is that her boyfriend is much younger than her so there's an interesting yeah, so, so she's in yeah. the middle yeah, isn't she very, yeah. very interesting. and yeah. we also meet her mother as well who's a key character oh good god thing, gonna... can only imagine <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to give it away. Wow. Um, so yeah, it's 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 fascinating. Is what I'd say. Yeah, fascinating is the word. Uh, right. Well, then that is obsession, which lands on the Netflix on the thirteenth uh, of yes, April. Correct Thursday. Exciting times. Next up this week, we have The Hunt for Raoul Moat. This is ITV's true crime drama about the notorious killer and domestic abuser who went on a murderous spree in Newcastle back in 2010. An incident that, improbably, saw Paul Gascoigne turn up during the police standoff with a chicken and, and this is absolutely true, a fishing rod and tried to talk him down. Now, Boydie, does Gazza make an appearance in this series? No. Um, they very much uh, do not. Uh, he does not make an appearance. He's, there's, he's referred to in passing, uh, is how I would describe it. Um, and one of the reasons why this thing has got made, I would say, is because the writer Kevin Sampson, who previously created Anne, which was a very powerful drama um, about a mum whose son died in the Hillsborough tragedy, uh, wanted to tell this story because it has become kind of a national joke, hasn't it? And the most famous thing about the whole Raoul Moat situation was that Gaza got involved and. And, you know, at the time it was like, you know, I think he, there was all kinds... Of, he didn't even know Real Moat. He had no well, connection to Real Moat. My understanding of this thing was that yeah. having done a copious amount of yes. cocaine... Yes, exactly. Paul Gascoigne... shying away from that. I don't know why. Paul Gascoigne was under the impression that they'd gone to school together yeah, when, in fact, they, they had never met. No, no. So, turned up and said, said to apparently started yelling, Moti, Moti, it's me, yes, Gaza, yes. while holding a chicken exactly. and a fishing rod. Exactly. So that incident, which is totally about Paul Gascoigne and not Raoul Moat at all, really, has become a joke. And still to this day, like almost every week, I hear like a joke, like a stand-up comedian or something, or there's some sketch show on TV that makes a reference to Gaza and Raoul yeah. Moat. It's extraordinary that that is the cultural takeaway from the story. But what Kevin Sampson has quite rightly done is foreground the fact that Raoul Moat was an abusive, yeah. uh, horrendous figure, a massive bully who basically was in prison for um, for assaulting a young girl. His daughter, his nine-year-old daughter. Yeah, he was in a relationship with this poor woman who uh, split up with him him, um, while he was in prison, but he wouldn't take no for an answer. He wouldn't accept that they weren't still together, and he became this kind of viciously jealous figure. And that's why he basically set out when he was released. When he was released from prison, he set out to stalk her and her new boyfriend. And what this three-part drama shows you, in a quite an unflinching and quite often terrifying way, is how what an absolutely nasty piece of work he was. And that's the point of it. It's like forget the Paul Gascoigne joke. This is a really horrendous case where, by 
almost accidentally, when he was released, the prison did send a message to the police saying, you should watch out for this guy because he has been, you know, threatening to his ex to his ex-girlfriend. And that message was not passed on properly. So there's a kind of tragic element to this thing because he killed her, uh, you know, her uh, her boyfriend and it's awful. <laughs> the crimes he committed and the way he treated people were absolutely horrendous. And I think this does capture all of that. I have... There are slight qualms every now and then with the way that I think it's very well cast. I think Matt Stokoe plays Raoul Moat very, very well. Um, Sally Messon plays his ex-girlfriend, Samantha. And Lee Ungleby plays this uh, policeman, Neil Adamson, who was a real um, one of the real people involved, but he was an amalgam of lots of different people, police who investigated the case. They've turned all the different policemen who worked together on this case into kind of that figure, like that, that character. Like He kind of includes a lot of the work done by other policemen. But he's really good in it. Everyone's really good. Every now and then, it's directed almost like a horror film, you know. And there's, mm. so the incidents where Raoul Moat shoots people and you know and stalks people, and I, and I guess in a way that's that's a stylistic choice that is that has to be well, it doesn't have to be, but I I can I can understand it because it's it's making drama out of this real life case. I feel every now and then it's slightly err towards being a bit too borderline, like not cheesy, but just borderline. I'm not sure if you have to go that far in it being horror film-like, if you see what I mean. That's a very clumsy way of expressing it, but you get my point. But in general, and as it goes on, again, I've watched this whole thing, and it, and it turns into the manhunt for him. It's really, really well done, and it's fascinating. And it and and and, and quite rightly does completely ignore as effectively, apart from, a, a, as I say, one line referring to it, the whole gas coin element of it. It does. I'm going to, before we get into the, the this, I'm going to read out the line from the news piece on this thing oh, yeah. so people know. And it says, Gascoigne claimed he had brought Moat a can of lager, some chicken, a fishing rod, a Newcastle t-shirt, and a dressing gown. The police did not allow Gascoigne near Moat. Gascoigne later claimed he'd had 14 lines of cocaine, insisting that as he took each line of the Class A drug, he distorted the reality of his relationship with Moat. But you are absolutely right. This was a genuinely horrific thing. But you only remember the Gascoigne thing because the Gazer angle is so absolutely absurd that that's what stuck in the national consciousness, right? That's what, because even from the time when it happened, that's the only thing yeah. I remembered about yeah. this story. But it's, it's pretty fucking harrowing. Mm. And actually, like, he plays that character really well. There's a real palpable, sinister, yeah, nasty, abusive energy to him. Uh, and when they're sort of like, when they're, when they're meeting in prison before he gets out, uh, like you get the real sense of menace from mm. him. So this is a partly about, you know, uh, frankly, uh, an abusive man, who, a controlling man who refuses to move on from a relationship, an abusive relationship which has since ended. It's partly about institutional failings because he was flagged as a clear and present danger to her because uh, he'd made threats about her and that slipped through the cracks and no one stepped in. So it's quite, it's tragic on on really so many levels. I could pretend and try and style this out, but I'm just going to fess up to something. You didn't I, watch it. <laughs> I've watched the wrong show. Ah, oh my god! <laughs> in keeping with me reading one line and wow. then just like yeah, this I've, is I'm intrigued. What have you watched? I've watched. Well, it's still the same. I've watched Manhunt, the Raulmo story. Isn't which that a was, film? It's a documentary. It's a documentary. Oh. And I thought when I was watching, I thought oh, it was really odd that James is letting us review a documentary. <laughs> um, this is on Wednesday. 19th. Was it good? <laughs> yes, it was. It was on Wednesday. It's on Wednesday, nineteenth of April, ITV One, and it's <laughs> it was, yeah, they're showing it after. Yeah, the, it's the, really. The, uh, uh, the series goes out. Yeah, yeah it's really fascinating. And um, so when you, when you started talking, I was thinking, Lee, I Ingleby. can't believe you did. 
<laughs> this is almost the time when we did that Netflix show. Do you remember which was like, was it, was it like yeah. Andor? It was had a slash in the title. Yeah, it, it was something, Terry. Something. Yeah, Terry and Terry wants some. some sort of, I think it was like, wasn't it Iranian language? Yeah. It was like an, an Arabic show. It was an yeah. Iranian show. Yeah. Uh, it was amazing. This is very special. Wow. I mean, <laughs> well, I, I love the fact topic. that you didn't question. It. James would never let us do a one-off documentary about anything. But I thought, they would never one-off no, documentary about thought, Star Trek. I thought we were experiencing James's growth. I thought, wow, yeah, this is cool. Wow. But can I just tell you, first of all, this documentary is great. And, um, also, by the way, you didn't read my spread on this drama in Heat magazine I did last week. You know, we'll let that it's go. When you, when you mentioned Lee Ingleby, I was oh like, oh shit, yeah, boy, it put a little Q&A with him. <laughs> but, um, Listeners, we should say that Kay's been a bit ill this week. You know, I have. I've got a, a swollen glands. Wear, she's got oh, you know, swollen glands. I've got like some got kind of hives. No, I don't yeah. think it's fleas, but anyway. Anyway. Two things I found really interesting about the documentary. I completely agree with the. Um, you feel I love the way you just you've just doubled down. You're just going to yeah. review the documentary. Yeah, yeah. yeah you no, go no, on. no, because it will obviously come across in your drama, right? Carry so on. the Gaza thing, 100, is all that anyone remembers and jokes about. Yeah. But the two other things that I found really interesting about the story is that the ex-partner had said to Raoul that he. Was uh, she was going out with a yes. police officer? She yes. lied, yes. which is what because, kicked it all off. Which yes. kicked the whole thing mm. off, right? And not to blame her, but she no. thought that would be a way yeah. of like stopping him from coming anywhere near her, and that's the reason why he shot the boy, the part, yeah. boyfriend, and then went after the police. Except, and and this is actually played up a little bit in the show where I said played up. Like, there's a bit where he, and I don't know whether this is true, where he calls into the police and he specifically says that he killed him because he was a copper. He yeah, wasn't, he and that he went on to speak because. But I, I, I do think a little bit. I mean, it feels a little bit. Of victim blame me but I think more the point here is he was a sociopath and I kind of feel like there would always have been an excuse oh, yeah, yeah. to do but, and, but he did he did write as I may have touched on in, in the documentary he wrote this massive yes um, he wrote this uh, massive letter he sent to it yeah. Yeah. about his hatred of the police and it's yeah. not about, so he did blame the police yeah. for everything that went wrong sure. in his life. And he had but done, you're yes. right but actually the way the um, the drama um, modulates not blaming her yeah. and understanding why she said that that she, she lied mm. about her new wife being a police she thought that would protect her yeah she was terrified was completely understandable mm. sorry yeah yeah this is not about victim like yeah. he writes this letter and also yeah. he makes it clear that he blames them for everything social services yeah. chain the kids yeah. blah 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 yeah. the other thing that I found interesting which I don't remember from the time which I'm sure is in the uh, drama is the Ray Mears element does it touch upon that? Yeah, again yeah briefly yeah yeah. that he was kind of instrumental in helping hunting him down yeah so um, yeah so I can recommend the documentary guys 19th of April ITV1 wow <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, if you're into the hunt for Raoul Moat, the actual hunt for Raoul Moat, the dramatic hunt for Raoul Moat with Lee Ingleby, you will find that on ITV1 on Sunday, the 16th of April. If you're after Kay's random documentary that she watched instead... It's not random, is it? It's about the same person. Then... And in fact, it's, <laughs> it's factual. So you go, you know, no so, drama. Oh, I see. So and what... actually it comes on before the drama. But just so, to be clear, so what yeah. you're actually saying is you didn't fuck up at all. You're no, offering you, yeah. readers a service yeah, of course. by broadening, yeah. deliberately, broadening their horizons. Everything I do is for the listeners, <laughs> yeah. not readers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can just see this. We fucking plummeted another nine places in Fiji. I'll tell oh, you that. Fiji, no. Right off the back of this, you've lost <laughs> Fiji 100% by this point. Uh, oh, right, dear. let's move on to the last show this week and it is the last thing he told me which you've heard a little bit about, which is on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, this stars Jennifer Garner and Nikolai Costa-Waldau and asks the question as to whether you can ever truly know someone. Kay, caked up and raring to go. <laughs> Did you, I don't know, watch this or just pick <laughs> 
a random other show on Apple TV Plus that you'd like to tell us about instead? I did watch this. Uh, I did watch this. So Jennifer Garner plays Hannah. She's a successful artist who's been married to her husband, Owen, played by, I'm not even going to try and say his name. Can you, someone else? Nikolai Kostobaldow. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, but I can't try and repeat it. Uh, for a year. And his stepmother to his 16-year-old daughter, who barely can contain her disdain for her. And one fateful day, Owen goes missing, but sends Hannah a note telling her to protect Bailey at all costs. Right? And so... The question is, protect her from what? As time goes on, we see that the FBI has been um, investigating his software startup that he works for, um, for fraud, and he's gone on the run, and he leaves Bailey a bag of cash, which kind of implies he's not entirely innocent. It does. I, I found this kind of boring. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, it was okay. Don't mince your words. <laughs> I mean, as in, I tell you, I'll tell you why. It's because I wasn't invested in the characters or the relationship, so actually I didn't give a, I didn't care. You know, you didn't who, give her flying. I was going to swear. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I just didn't really care. You know where he was or whether he was coming back because they hadn't done enough to develop the relationship between um, him and Jennifer Garner's character, and so it wasn't as tense or thrilling as I hoped it would be. And it took quite a long time to establish itself. You know what it was. What do you think? Harsh. I know. I'm just, um, I enjoyed wasn't it. Wasn't feeling it. I enjoyed it. Um, do you know what? I've got a slightly weird reason why I enjoyed, enjoyed it. the first scene of this thing, which is of course, of course, the whole story starts with a flash forward or <laughs> yeah. whatever. Cold then, open. That's four yeah, days previously. Four days previously. <laughs> well, the thing that happens in the beginning, the very first scene, where she's in a hotel, um, Jennifer Garner's character Hannah with her stepdaughter Bailey, is in this filmed in this hotel in the San Francisco Hyatt Regency, I believe it is, which is one of the great locations of film history because not only was High Anxiety the amazing Mel Brooks Hitchcock spoof filmed there but so was The Towering Inferno one of my favourite ludicrous disaster movies of all time filmed there so I'm, and I went to see I've been to that hotel in San Francisco to check it out because of these films that were made there and it has the great lobby do you remember the first scene it shows this fantastic mm. lavish lobby and the weird lifts the, the um, see-through lifts the that go up and down the transparent lifts so I was like I'm on board because I love that location it's brilliant and you're saying you're randomly I thought it closed down years ago, that hotel, by the way, but it seems to have completely stayed in time, like frozen in time, with the same incredibly 70s design. I digress. <laughs> then... You do. They have the flashback to four days previously, and I thought the... Um, I thought it took time to... It was quite slow in a way, but it was taking its time to try and establish the interrelationships, to try and establish, you know, that uh, she is this kind of creative force and she's going to be in this magazine. And he's, She works with wood. Yeah, he's like some kind of tech boffin yes, figure. She's, she's a woodworker. She's a woodworker. Um, and they've got this slightly daughter who doesn't really, clearly doesn't exactly respect and love her stepmother. Although I will gone. say, like, she was the classic stroppy stepchild, yeah. which feels first base. But I really like the fact that she's actually really close with her father right. and isn't stroppy. She's yeah. only stroppy towards her stepmother, right. which I thought gave that character more dimension. I agree, yeah. Mm. And was also quite unusual and, and, and I thought believable. Uh, because in the end, it's going to be, or well, not even in the end, but towards the end, it's, it's about how the two of them are left because he's fucked up he's fucked off for whatever reason the husband and that's the premise of the show by the way uh, not a spoiler and you, you mentioned that didn't you in the intro didn't you yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's literally called the last thing he told me it's literally called the last thing he told me no spoilers but I like the way it's set the scene of this family of this kind of and their different in issues and, um, and I thought it was quite I thought it was quite believable and um, I, you know mm. it's shot in classic lavish Apple style it is all glinty and glittery and shiny and new and sparkly and it's sent to San Francisco and, and a ridiculous 
ridiculous like, expensive floating yeah, house. Exactly. Oh, Another I love the house. Floating house. The interior is again. <laughs> what was the other the, um, the other undercurrent? The thing that was set in San Francisco. Oh, the surface. Oh, surface. Yes. Thank surface. you. Yes, surface. of course. Undercurrent. <laughs> undercurrent. Yes, famous <laughs> undercurrent. <laughs> Apple <laughs> only do S for yeah, S shows. It doesn't. It doesn't mean with an S um, undercurrent. It was a bit. It was had a similar kind of sheen to it, literally, and similar cases as that show. Not quite as bonkers and balmy, and, and it's quite. This is quite straight laced at the moment. Anyway, I only watched the first episode but by the end of it there's a little moment it tells you quite a lot like it does it tells you why ostensibly why he has left her kind of very early on yeah. and I thought well that's going to be the big mystery I think it's not um, <laughs> but then right at the end of the episode there's a little hint as to, to something else that we don't know about and I was like okay and I will I have to say I will carry on watching it so it's gripped me enough I mean it's not amazing I would say it's like mid-level Apple you know kind of crime think, thrillery interpersonal relationships woven in kind of drama but I like those it's, if I, I don't very much like this genre anyway but and it's a middling but certainly not I I, I definitely enjoyed it I think I was a little bit disappointed because um, it's one of Reese Witherspoon's ones yeah. Hello Sunshine and I just expect so much yeah. from her was Surface know. one of hers as well maybe no, oh, no, no, I don't oh, think so. Okay, very, very firm on that point. It was supposed <laughs> to be interesting. Do you know it was supposed to be Julia Roberts originally? This role, oh, was it? Yeah, and you can completely see that. Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. I was like, absolutely, can see Julia Roberts in this role. Um, not that Julia Garner doesn't do a really good job. Jennifer but Garner. Jennifer Garner. <laughs> not <that> Jennifer who? <laughs> not that Jennifer Garner doesn't do a really good job, but I could definitely see Roberts in this role. Yeah. Now I, I, I rather like this. Mm. Uh, and I was quite captivated by it. And I, you know, it, partly it's the what's going on. It's not quite like a, what you call like a level 10 conspiracy because you're a bit like, oh, it looks like there's just been a bit of fraud. I'm not all that, you know. Yeah, it's not like the, it's not like the night agent, is it? Yeah, it's a little bit, it feels quite low stakes in terms yeah. of the conspiracy. However, I'm quite wrapped up in the relationship between her and Bailey, like her and her stepdaughter. Because, like I say, the stepdaughter idolises the father and they're super close. And crucially, there's a line there, she's, me and my dad don't keep secrets, which feels quite loaded. But you get the impression that they have a very honest, open dialogue between them, which I think was really believable. And I liked that. And I liked the fact that she's trying, now trying to reconcile that with who her dad actually is, which is kind of freakish. Mm. Uh, and also, frankly, I really liked the floating house. I love Although, floating I will house. say, there is a point where they have like a drinks thing and it takes place on the on the kind of I don't know would you call it a veranda a balcony yeah, a do- yeah. what would you call mm. the bit anyway it's a dock whatever yeah. it is. and and I could be wrong <laughs> perhaps Gillian FX Gillian uh, the special effects artist who listens to the podcast oh, yeah. it looked composited within an inch of its life that particular scene oh, it looked yeah, so it did a bit, egregiously yeah. green screen yeah and I feel like if you can afford to rent out that <laughs> fucking floating house for this shoot it on the floating house like why are you doing this <laughs> Do you know on what, a soundstage though? I know what you mean in that scene and I, I yeah there was something what was something weird about it but I actually think it might not be I might, in one of those things sometimes the lighting the, if you yeah. light things in a certain way it looks like it's composited it, well, and that's but it often isn't the reason why it looks because yeah. the lighting didn't look right. real the lighting looked like it was in a studio in front of a green screen yeah. and the lighting fell off so it wasn't that I could see yeah. the join around the edges it was the lighting that threw me and I was mm. like this is composited like it just it just looks bad maybe and I maybe. thought for a show that is so lavish and bold and extraordinary in, in other ways <laughs> yeah. I was like really come on <laughs> must try harder <laughs> like yeah, this no enough. this bit isn't working for me yeah. but yeah I, I thought by and large I, I enjoyed this I thought it was I thought it was, I thought it was good fun and uh, and I will be watching more of it. Uh, and this this lands on Apple TV Plus. The last thing he told me on Friday, 
this Friday, the 14th of April. But that's not the only thing on Is It Boydy? No. Because as we've discussed, The Last Kingdom, Seven Kings Must Die, <laughs> lands on Netflix also on Friday, the 14th. Very exciting. Uh, and also again on that day on Prime Video, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel's final mm. season starts. Mm. Yeah. So Beth will be very excited about that. Beth will be very excited. Uh, what else is on? Oh, well, there's an intelligence special which actually uh, oh, arrives yes, on the Saturday, um, which we, we I've uh, seen last it. Saturday. I've seen. Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen it. So it's good, isn't it? It's funny. BG, yeah. I, I mean, I'm a big fan of it. Just, I think it's really funny. You thought it was you didn't. You know, such a huge fan. Uh, of I, I didn't love the first episode yeah. because it's comedy, but I love everyone who's in it. So yeah. I kind of feel like it's something yeah. I'd like to give yeah. another chance. It's really entertaining. It's yeah. massively mm. entertaining. And 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 um, uh, great writing from Nick, Nick Mahomet. Absolutely brilliant job. Yeah, he's hilarious. And obviously that uh, David Trimmer's not bad either. Um, they're showing why didn't they ask Evans the Brickbox? Which we reviewed when it was on Brickbox. Remember, Hugh Laurie wrote and directed it. Or and mm, this um, rings a bell. Will Poulter, yeah, Matt oh, Christie, yes, 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 Agatha yes, Christie, yes, yes. uh, three parter. That's showing on ITV One, um, starting yesterday, Sunday, and carrying on for three nights. There is this show called Jury Duty that actually arrived on Friday, last Friday. Have you heard about this? I will mention it. it's on Amazon Freebie, and it stars James Marsden. Um, the X-Men star, who basically is pretending to be a juror in a trial. And one person in the middle of this jury is being played a trick on. Is this a reality TV show? Yeah, it's a reality TV show, but with a, an acting element, because James Bond is pretending to be a fellow juror. It's an insane no, concept. I'm out. Yeah, but it might just work, or maybe not, but that is the thing. So that you're out of this. You're stick, happy for the one the where everyone's in the dark. Right, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and MasterChef fans will be pleased to know that the actual original OG MasterChef, not the celebrity MasterChef, or the kids. With Lloyd Grossman. No! What, the <laughs> pasta one. man? Yeah, he's the original. Yeah, you're he? right. Yeah, he Kay is. is right. The original version of Master, which is a completely different format. Yeah, he used to agitate, cogitate and deliberate. Yes, he did. Famously. No, this is the return of classic non-Lloyd Grossman-based MasterChef on Monday, Tuesday, and indeed Friday. And I'm very pleased that I'm mentioning that, even though James is completely... <gasps> Honestly, what is shocked. happening? And appalled. But I think that's the main stuff, yeah, to mention. What's our pick of the week? Me first. Manhunt, the remote story, the documentary. <laughs> the document- right, okay. 19th of April, ICV1. Fabulous. Boydie. I'm going to go for Obsession. Yeah. I knew that. For me, it is It is the last thing you told me. Because yeah. I, I like that. Triple whammy. Yeah, mm. triple whammy. I mean, Kay hasn't watched the right version of the remote story. <laughs> no, yes, hasn't. but I've watched a very interesting mm. show. <laughs> Uh, and of course you can find out what we thought of the third episode of Succession and indeed Yellow Jackets on Pilot Plus on Thursday which is pretty exciting stuff Uh, but that's all for this week's show now that spongy fruity creamy treats have been duly delivered I think you all owe it to Kay to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five cake rating especially if you live in Fiji and if you'd like to leave us cakes on social media we are at Pilot TV Pod at Kay Ribeiro and at Boyd Hilton now on next week's show Melanie Linsky will be joining us to swap culinary tips for Yellow Jackets. Uh, The Diplomat comes to Netflix. Dead Ringers comes to Prime. And True Lies, yes, based on the Arnie film, comes to Disney+. Plus. So we'll be looking at some combination of those. Now, if you will excuse us, we have some more fruity, creamy, spongy cake to get stuck into. Pilot out. <laughs>